Welcome, everyone, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hands and Harry. I am your host with the most Papa Spice, and we are here to dissect and discuss pop culture and specifically TV and movie-related stuff. Uh, so, how we doing on this fine eve? Uh, Hans, how about you? Good, considering our, you know, our city's literally falling apart. Um, for those of you <laughs> that don't know, uh, we are currently in northeast Philadelphia, where a major part of the highway just decided to break. I mean, it burnt. And, you know, it, it, there mean, was it reason. It, to it wasn't just yeah. decide to break. Um, but, I've yeah, it's... It's uh, I'm you know I'm just enjoying the thought of how long it's going to take me to and from work once everyone realizes the the ways that we take. Um, so yeah, it. Other than that, I mean, since we last recorded, we had poor air quality. Uh, highways are falling apart. Uh, our our sports our teams are just are, are just off. collapsing. It's just it's a it's a rough it's a rough time to be in Philadelphia. So it's, it's, it's been a rough yeah, it's been it a rough like seven sunny. months. Yeah, it, it is not despite. <laughs> What the show says, it is not always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, uh, yes, as Philadelphians and Philadelphia adjacent in um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it South Jersey be, counts um, Philadelphia. Yes, it can be a bit challenging, uh, or I should say, these are challenging times. Uh, Harry, how are you doing? Doing great. Um, you know, uh, I now have an excuse for for work when I when I show up five minutes late. Uh, so you know, the highways the highways gone. Um, no, but I'm doing wonderful. I'm very excited to chat with you boys again. And yeah, saw saw Transformers recently, which 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 hit uh, a little harder and was a lot more fun than I had anticipated. So that was cool. And Spoiler. yeah, I'm just in a good mood. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. Uh, well, good. I'm glad you're in a good mood. I uh, likewise saw Transformers: Rise of the Beast this past weekend. Uh, we are not going to have a Transformers episode, at least not anytime soon. But did you guys uh, go I together? Say, Maybe. What's that? Do you guys go together or separately? No, separate. separate. No, we okay. made plans um, together and just didn't tell you. So. And we actually, we showed up and it was, uh, we sat next to each other. Total kismet. Um, no, but uh, I got to say, I was shocked because uh, with with Age of Extinction and, um, oh God, The Last Night, which were the fourth and fifth uh, movies in the mainline series, I swore I was done with this franchise. Like, it was just awful. Um, I could not stand those two movies and Bumblebee was pretty good. I uh, got to give it props. Wasn't the best, but it, it was good enough. And this movie surprised and it actually delivered. I'm not going to, you know, crown it as the best of anything, but For sure. it was pleasantly enjoyable. Um, and I would say that if you were to go watch this, it would not be a waste of money. So that's that's all you can ask for in this day and age. Yeah, three three out of a three out of five stars. Like a, a definitely slightly better than I guess your average entry or your average type of action movie. Um, has a lot of like you could really pick away the plot if you ask me. But you mm. know, for the it does go back to a little bit of simplicity and and boiling things down, which uh, which I did enjoy. And um, I was just thinking, that, you know, hands sometimes comes in real hot or real positive on these, and I feel like sometimes we just need to balance each other out. So. Um, that's why, you know, I, I feel I'm in a good mood. I just want to, I want to, want to change the energy and make it, make it even for us. I hope I never see a Transformers <laughs> movie again. 
I'm, I'm so I, I so I have you guys watched the Netflix show that came out uh, a couple of years ago? It was like no, animation. I have it in my queue, but I've never mm, watched it. No, yeah, really good. I would really recommend it. Uh, it's better. It's all takes place mainly on like Cybertron, so it's it's not uh, live action. It's animated. Uh, I can't watch any more live action Transformers movies. I'm done with them. I, I I've fallen into that trap where the trailer is phenomenal and I get all hyped up. And, you know, I say this is this. They're not going to get me this time. You know, this this one might be good, and then I watch it, and it's just a dumpster fire. So I, uh, mm. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm I'll, surprised though. I'll, I'll oh, go ahead. for streaming so for that, but yeah. Okay, so if or at not, if, plus, when this hits streaming, are you going to check this out? Probably. I, I will not pay money for this. Okay, that's fair. I just, I was going to say, I'm a little surprised because with that login, I, I get the initial hesitancy. Um, but you know, Harry and I are both kind of giving it the thumbs up. But also, I know you're a huge Hamilton head, and Anthony Ramos is in this. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's still. I mean, I love Hamilton. They were blasting it in Starbucks the other day, and I was like singing with a couple of the baristas. But um, I, I don't. I won't. Draw what a moment! Did you get that on I, camera? No, I didn't. I should have. Oh, it, was, it, was, it got a little. Wait, was weird the name on your cup Hercules Mulligan? Well, that was actually. It was like the scene where all the all Hamilton's uh, Hamilton's boys are being introduced. So nice. uh, I, I kind of was like, it started off with me just like shaking my head and and lip syncing some of the words, and then they caught caught me doing it, and they were all doing the same thing. So it got a little. It turned into like a, a breakout musical for about ten seconds, and then I left. That's fantastic. And I mean that genuinely because that's something I never thought actually happened in real life. And it really does. God bless you. You made it happen. I like it wasn't it wasn't a Hamilton esque performance style, but Mm. it definitely was enough where we all knew what was going on. And and now they know my love of Hamilton. So they're they're my regulars. So, uh, yeah. So that's we learn something every day about each other. Lin-Manuel, I know you're a regular listener. Hit our boy hands up. Yeah. If you're if you're a regular at Starbucks on Grand Avenue, stop in once in a while if they're playing and uh, see if you can do a little sidewalk performance. And if uh, if you're if you're a Transformers movie, Hands has been hurt too many times, so he's I, not I coming back. I really can't. I just <laughs> I, I I Optimus Prime's one of my favorite uh, fictional characters. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, of like ever, and I I still there's so much in this where that could draw me in, and I I can't fall for it again. I can't. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, we are going to move on, though. We're here not to talk about the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons, but the war between AFC Richmond and West Ham. That's right. We're talking season three, Ted Lasso. This is our wrap up on the show. Um, I say season finale because it's kind of up in the air, you know, whether this is going to continue or not all. All indications seem to be it's done and this is the series finale, but mm. there's not any like definitive word that I've seen on that. Um, are you guys so, – so uh, before we jump into that, do you, do yeah, you guys follow yeah. them on Apple? I mean Apple on um, on Twitter. Do I follow Apple so, on Twitter? Like, like Apple TV. Like, uh, not like no Apple. Apple products. Oh, okay, that's no, right. No, that's not true, but that's not true. But I do so – um, they did, no, I don't. The, I don't know if it was if it was Ted Lasso or or, Rich, or, or AFC Richmond, but they put something that yeah, could potentially I saw that. yeah. That Wait, could was this the to. the Keely and Rebecca thing? No, no. Okay. Once we get to the end of this, I didn't know. Like as you say, like with the season finale, it kind of it, it ties into that. But we'll talk a little bit more about it. That's why okay. I wasn't sure. Like you know, we'll, 
I'm jumping ahead by like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, obviously, folks, we're talking about the entire season. So spoilers ahead. If you haven't watched season three of Lasso, go out and binge it. Uh, just like I did, <laughs> like a maniac. Uh, I don't know if that's yeah. fully you like nailed it. Like, you, and there <laughs> and these episodes are longer than they were in the previous seasons, and there were more of them. So, way I felt God, it. God bless you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, we're just going to kind of go through the season chronologically, but you know, we're not going to call out specific episode stuff necessarily. Uh, but I guess I'll kick it off. And um, the first thing that really struck me with the beginning of this season uh, in episode one is seeing Nate struggle to be something that he's not like it's it's really weird to me because in season two, um, there was a very there was a very definitive like character arc for Nate where he just, you know, kind of became a baddie and by. Uh, by the end, not a baddie like a uh, a hot person. Sorry, sorry. The gray, the gray, the grays are really doing it for I, Greg these days. I, yes, that's As a, a man of culture, grays myself. Pop culture has ruined me. Where you can't even say the word baddie anymore, and you take it as like a comic book villain. It's more uh, other other reasons. Uh, Nate had a definitive arc where he became a zaddy. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, Nate became, you know, had. He became a, a bad guy. He had a villain arc and um, it was pretty definitive in season two. And, you know, it made sense. Uh, it connected. And then in season three, beginning with the first episode, we kind of see like wavering in that. And I I don't number one, I didn't like that. I, I wanted him to fully embrace that dark side. But throughout the entire season, they kind of go back and forth on that. Um, and we see that, I guess, internal struggle that Nate, who was seemingly inherently a good person, um, you know, had to, to struggle to keep up that image of uh, being a not so nice guy. Um, the other thing that kind of ties into that with episode one for me was uh, the ending where, we had the the press conference and everybody was looking for Ted's response to Nate and how he was going to react. And I got to say, I was um, a little hesitant because I thought they might take Ted down the road of, you know, maybe not full out trashing Nate the way Nate did mm. uh, Ted. But I thought, you know, he might make a, a little quip or comment here or there, but I'm happy that they didn't. They they showed restraint and had Ted be Ted, uh, which, you know, was consequently one of the episode or uh, one of the themes uh, that Keeley told Rebecca, which is, you know, just just let Ted be Ted. And she did. Yeah. And he took that high road. So I appreciated the consistency of the characterization there. Um, I did think some of the comedy, like right off the bat with the first couple episodes and I guess even throughout the season. I felt like the comedy was a bit more hit or miss. Uh, I don't have any specific examples per se, but I just know I wasn't chuckling quite as much as I did in previous seasons. Uh, some of it was very, and as a guy who tells dad jokes <laughs> and makes puns, uh, it seemed even a bit much for me. So I don't know. I know that's kind of Ted's shtick, and I especially love it when, 
Beard will say something and, and Ted has to kind of figure it out. But um, I just, I, I don't know. It was, it was missing more than it was landing for me this season. And I also um, diving into episode two, I really liked uh, the whole Trent Krim and Roy Kent resolution uh, that came about. Um, obviously, Krim is introduced as a regular in the season. He's writing a book with AFC uh, or about AFC Richmond. He's in the locker room with the boys, and you know, initially, Roy Kent says he tells everybody to clam up and not give Krim anything, and um, that kind of comes to a head in season two and. Uh, they have a really nice, um, not back and forth per se, but Roy Kent delves into his reason for his his dislike of Trent Krim. And, you know, he keeps a memento talk. of that. Yeah, yeah, a little shower talk. Um, and, you know, the fact that he, he still hung on to that memento um, and then eventually let it go. Uh, I thought that was a great character moment for... Uh, for Roy. And that wasn't the only one in this episode. We also had uh, Roy Kent returning to Chelsea and the Chelsea fans, you know, giving him some love. Um, So it was nice to see him kind of softening up on that. It's so funny because before this, before I started watching this season, I saw an interview with Brett Goldstein and I heard his actual speaking voice. And I could not get Roy Kent's voice out of my head as like a put on. So like I watched that yeah. and then immediately after when I start watching season three of Lasso, it's like, oh, but that's all an act. Like the illusion was <laughs> yeah. shattered for me, you know? So it kind of um it, it was tough to envision him as the tough guy Roy Kent uh after dispelling the mystique with that that behind the scenes interview but uh but as the season wore on i was able to you know overcome that uh so those are just some initial thoughts and points i had about the first couple episodes uh what about you guys anything you picked up on or wanted to chat about with those those first two episodes uh hans how about you while I have it in my head, uh, if if anyone who's listening, another uh, you know, one podcast I recommend for Brett Goldstein is um, films to be b- buried with, and mm. uh, he basically has a lot of other famous guests on there and talks about. He's uh, Brett Goldstein is a huge, huge movie guy, and he has a lot of uh, celebrities on. He's had like Patton Oswalt on, a few people from Ted Lasso, and they talk about you know what's a movie that what's the funniest movie you've ever seen or if you know they tell they say he explains it as telling your life through film so i'd recommend it um on that he, he it's his voice he uses his regular voice he doesn't use the roy kent voice so it's very um i, I agree like so he's he's he seems like a very in real life the opposite of roy kent which is so funny because he's a very he seems very down to earth and he just seems like he isn't isn't rough around the edges he just seems like a very lovable person um but yeah i would recommend anyone films to be buried with great great um great podcast if you're if you're a big movie fan i've i've been uh, opened up to a few different movies that i've never even heard of or wanting to watch um because of it uh back to ted lasso so 
what struck me as as pretty interesting going into the season is how they're going to handle. You know, they they got promoted into back into the Premier League, and I, I wanted to see how the story was going to go in terms of you know they weren't they were in the Premier League, but they weren't going to be favorites to win anything. They were going to be they they were expected to finish last, and you know Rebecca, as much as it seemed like in the past, she's let her. I wouldn't say, I guess, hatred for Rupert Go. It's driving her even more insane and it's pushing her to, you know, certain limits of, you know, once we talk about a, a character that's introduced early in the season, it just, it's driving her with this obsession to destroy him still. Um, you know, we thought she let that go in the first season when she wanted to destroy Richmond uh, internally, but now she wants to destroy West Ham and, and Rupert. So I, I, I liked how that story was was going a little bit because it seemed like a little unexpected for me and her character because they were building her up for a few years to be you know, a stronger character and, and take the high road and be her own person. And her relationship with Ted, it seems early that it's it's going to be it's going to be tested because um, Higgins a couple you know a couple points says you know we might have to look at replacing a manager and as much as you don't want to and Ted's you know his mindset of losing is it's not necessarily he's like well he'll like use a quip where it's just like well it's just like we're playing our best blah 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 and i um i i really wanted to see how you know we didn't we've seen richmond do this before where they were they weren't expected to win anything and they got so close to avoiding relegation um i i like to see how how ted was ted was performing under pressure and now he had that you know leading into the nate talk of how he had that hanging over his head of how he doesn't consider it nate betrayed him but nate definitely had some conflicting thoughts about ted and you know he ripped up the belief sign and at the end of the last season and at just the kind of person with ted is is where he just takes the high road at like all the time where he still sees the best in nate even though nate doesn't really see the best in himself. Now I liked with the villain arc thing. I, I I thought at the end of season two that Nate was going to be a straight up villain, but I'm glad they made him more of an antagonist because I don't want to hate him. He was just a very lovable character through three seasons or two seasons where I, it didn't feel right hating him at the end of season two when he got hired at West Ham. And I like that he had that in like, you know, we'll see it through a couple different episodes uh, up until a certain point where he's having that internal struggle because he wants to have a normal life and he wants that relationship with Ted because it was very important to him and it, it really got him where he was. And he helped Nate so much that it just seemed like, I, 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 it seemed like there was definitely that, like there's a, there's a lot of star Wars um, parallels with with uh with Ted Lasso, especially the relationship between Ted and Nate and Rupert in between them. There's a lot of cool imagery in the first episode. I, I uh, is the first episode where they play where they see Nate or when they're in the elevator. I don't know if that was the first episode or a little bit later. Was that when they I play West Ham? I think that was that was later. Yeah, I like think. episode four, I want to say. Yeah. That's right. Week. Okay, that's yeah. when they play West Ham. Okay, um, but so we'll jump in a, lo- a little bit. But I, I I did like to see how like how the team was, you know, they were expected to finish last. And, and, you know, once they sign, they signed Zava that we jump into, it kind of turns around, but then goes backwards. So it, it's, it, I think the first episode set up a good, 
a good character base for Ted and Rebecca and, you know, a couple of the other characters like Nate. I'm glad that, I, like I said, I, I'm glad that he didn't get the villain arc. I'm, I, I like him better as an antagonist because he's very awkward. And, you know, we start his relationship with Jade and you get set to see how Rupert treats him and Rupert's very back and forth. And he, I think he thinks he's going to get that father figure with Rupert and he really doesn't. Rupert's just kind of manipulating him. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a, a good and like a good entry point into the season of where we're going to go. And I, I, I'm just glad that we didn't see Nate become a complete, like, you know, jerk and, you know, he did some jerk things, but I like how it was more under him being conflicted with his relationship with Ted because he really feels bad for what he did. And, and you know, I, I my thought was that after he ripped up the sign, then he probably realized there was no going back and didn't even bother to call Ted. Um, with uh, my other thing with Roy going back to Chelsea and, and Roy, a couple moments that he had with, with Trent, he's a really interesting character this season because – once we get to the end of uh, once we get to the finale, we figure out the reason like why Roy is kind of making the choices that he does because he's, he's also having that internal conflict where he just wants to be better. And he wants to put these things aside instead of, instead of using like violence or, or threats. He really wants people to understand who he is and where he's coming from, where a lot of his anger. Now, I don't know what episode I was the episode where uh, I it wasn't the first one where <laughs> What's his name? Um, Ted's son is bullying another kid. And Roy gives one of the best monologues I've ever seen when he's talking about breaking into hmm. someone's house and beating them yeah. with a bar of soap. Yeah, um, so <laughs> Brett, Brett Goldstein, yeah, Brett Goldstein, marvelous, marvelous uh, delivery of that. Uh, but he was, I, I really wanted to see where his character was going because, you know, he has the relationship with Keely in season two that we all start to assume falls apart. Uh, I have a hot take when it comes to Keeley uh, a little later, but oh. um, I'm, I'm, I, those were the two characters that I wanted to see. Like I, I want, I really want to see Nate's struggle and, and Roy trying to be a, a better person or at least a more understanding person, but not lose that like gruff edge. Um, but yeah. Um, and the press conference too. I mean, that's just, you know, how Ted operates. He's not going to throw Nate under the bus because he, as much as, Nate probably hurt his feelings. He doesn't want to hurt Nate's. So, Harry, yeah. what about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I felt like I was reading a lot of things online about um, the early, like, first couple episodes because I was trying to watch in real time for the most part, unlike, uh, unlike Papa. Um, and I felt like a lot of people were a little lukewarm on it. And I, I felt like it was it was pretty good. Like, it felt like usual lasso to me. Um you know, it kind of felt like a warm blanket uh, that wraps you back up, or when you when you want to get home. Um, but there, I, I didn't agree, and this is like a thread throughout the whole series for me. Not series, sorry, I should say the season for me is just I didn't love all like some of the parts of the story um, in regards to it. Like I know we talked a little bit about Rebecca in the first episode where she's like, I really want to take down Rupert. I want to. I want to beat him and do all this stuff. And it didn't feel a hundred percent out of character, you know, for her given, you know, the legacy from season one, but it almost felt like I had felt she was coming through that. And then she kind of reverted back to it, I guess with the, you know, promotion. And it just, it seemed a little out of place. Like it seemed a little too like there, you know, there was, I guess the conversation with Higgins before then 
Um, you know, and I guess you're reading that like, you know, your team's going to be terrible. Um, I don't know, but it just, it felt it's like, like, let's just drum up this aggression out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's, this is, you know, I mean, it's not the, the infamous line from, from Jamie, but poopy, um, you know, with the, with going down <laughs> into the sewer system and, you know, a very Ted thing to do something outside the box to show, you know, the team relying on each other and stuff like that. Um, you know, and like you guys said about the interview process or the, uh, yeah, the, the interviews of like, you know, between Ted and, and Nate and just kind of, you know, typical Ted being Ted. And that's kind of where I go with that. Uh, you know, just some little bit of the warm blanket, like there's that. And then there's also the element when 10, sh- when Ted struggles with, uh, you know, her mom's, uh, well, sorry, not, not his mom, but, um, Henry, uh, his son, um, and his mom's new relationship with, with Dr. Jacob. And that kind of kicks off a little bit into the second episode. And then, you know, when, when I was jotting down my notes, you know, in preparation for the show, there was a lot of things that I was thinking about of just classic, you know, what I'll always remember Ted Lasso for and what I think it's so good at. And episode two is, is a prime example of that with Roy and Trent, you know, is you don't know why, you know, they kind of linger at like, oh, something must have happened with Roy and Trent. What happened? You know, was it a, was it an argument pitch side one time? Was it, you know, recent, do, you know, you're trying to remember back to season one and two. Did I, did I miss something, yeah. you know? And then you get this kind of heartfelt message of, of just like what it's like being a young athlete and, you know, the pressure that comes with that. And then from Trent's side, you get what, well, you know, what being a young journalist is like, um, you know, wanting, both wanting to stand out, um, but also, also both holding a grudge against each other. Um, and I just, I, I feel like that's when Ted Lasso is at its strongest, um, sadly for me, there's not enough of that this season. Um, and it leads to a lot of unnecessary plot in my op- opinion, and just some, some baffling storylines and, and stories when it comes to like, as somebody who watches the premier league, and I'm not saying, you know, season one and season two, you know, are perfect adaptations of what a premier league season is like, but I feel as though they do such a better job of, blending both of those worlds together the world of ted lasso the team of ted lasso the outside world of ted lasso and the league that they're in um you know where this season just felt like a whole a whole mess um and we'll we'll touch base on a lot of that as as we go through but um you know i'll throw it back to you papa and this is kind of you know episode three for me you know one of my notes that i put here as you know and we can die i'm sure you'll have some more notes on the episode to start us off but i just wrote this as a filler episode like to me there's just some episodes that um and you can tell me if i'm wrong for this but there's there's just so many moments in this season that i just was you know and i i would say from from episode three till probably maybe episode seven you know there's a lot of with with i you know Again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I with besides six, episode six, there's a lot of just bloated story that either we don't need to care about or, you know, I, I didn't enjoy. I, sh- I don't want to say we for that, but there was a lot of things that I didn't enjoy. But I'll throw it back to you, Papa, to take us through a couple of the, the next episodes here. Yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree um, with, you know, just some some overall – story issues and 
it's weird because like messy does describe it but also there's aspects of it where it just it feels overly orchestrated and not um organic enough if that makes any sense so like perfect example here we have uh shandy's introduction um and then like a whole weird character arc that she goes through and uh that whole storyline with shandy and and you know zava for that matter uh yeah. zava's another one that we'll get into but like it feels like if you are designing a story like you're plotting out a progression for the entire season um the writers it feels like they they went, okay, here's the main thread of the season. Here's little threads that we're going to have throughout the season that are going to be from episode one through three or, or like two through six. And they're going to wrap up and, and all this stuff. And it's not like, it doesn't feel like they spin out of um, what's happening naturally in the show or the characters. It just, it feels like they were just plopped in as like, Hey, we need something to fill time for like this group of episodes. So yeah. let's do this arc. And it's a shame. Uh Shandy, I actually like it's crazy cuz like I really liked the performance from the actress. Um, 100%. But but the character arc was just so weird. Like they have you're led to believe, you know, Keely Keely sees her on the set of the commercial shoot and Clearly, there's something more going on with Shandy where it's like, hey, she could really, you know, be a um, a contributor and and she has things of value to add to Keely's business. And maybe she just hasn't had the the shots she needs to to get anywhere in life. And, you know, yeah. she kind of alludes to her past with just kind of almost being like a, a hanger on with just, you know, marrying certain people that are rich and famous. Right. So Keely decides to take a break on her as, uh, or give her a break as, you know, woman to woman and, you know, kind of female empowerment type thing. Absolutely love it. And like, they show that with, with Shandy in flashes of like, you know, the ideas that she has or like, um, uh, you know, the way she's being professional. Well, Maybe not professional, but the way she's handling herself behind the camera with the uh, the commercial shoot, uh, not that one, but I guess the the one for banter that she was doing with the the interviews for um, the individual players. Yeah. So it's like she she knows what she's doing, but then all of a sudden you have this weird left turn in the middle of her arc where she just becomes a whole mess and it's kind of out of nowhere, and all of a sudden all of this stuff that. Um, she showed promise in just goes up in flames and she just becomes this weird antagonist or obstacle that Keely has to deal with and we get rid of her and that's that. Yep. And it's like, what, what was the whole point of that? Like I was getting invested in this character and then we just turn her into a nut and write her out. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so much like just using that plot line, for example, that, like we could have spent more time with Colin's storyline. We could have mm-hmm. spent more time on on Jamie and his dad. We could have spent more time with with Ted and, you know, his family. 
Um, there's just so many different directions we could have went, um, you know, or with the characters we already established it, it, it's just so disappointing to spend some time. And it's like, you know, in your final season, like that's what you want to do. You want to take a three episode, three and a half episode arc to like build this character and then just drop it. Um, so yeah. just really, really odd choice, especially with that one. I, I have an issue when shows that, and, and it's only three seasons, but when shows add new characters into the last season on a show, especially a show like this, Lost did it, The Office did it, and it, they add characters that you're supposed to care about. And I really don't care about Shandy. Uh, I thought, <laughs> I, I I think the one of the reasons is to show how, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Keely can't really, like, isn't doesn't really know how to properly run a business. So she hires someone without like vetting them and, and, you know, seeing that they're not a psychopath, which Shandy clearly is. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it really, there's two characters involved, three involving Keely that are in this season that should not be here. If you short, even if there's, um, you know, we'll jump into there's Shandy, Barbara, who is extremely annoying. Oh, I and, like Barbara. Uh, she's a, yeah, I did too. She has a couple <laughs> moments, but it's just, so, I don't know. Like, here's <clears throat> the thing for me. It's like, just take Barbara as like Keely's assistant from this company and then weave it in with like, oh, she's at Richmond for X, Y, and Z reason. And here's her and Barbara going back and forth. Um, But sorry, you were getting your third character. Sorry. No, just like, and Jack. And uh, yeah. those three characters that did not have to be in this, that, that served no purpose to the overall plot of the story. Keely, it, it, other okay, Barbara. Yes, I she she ends up a little bit with the finale of running her own firm with Keely. But the other two, we never see Shandy after her her lamb does it does its business on the on the conference room table. We don't see her again. I don't think Which, we do. If we do, it's quick. Not to interrupt, but there is no way that lamb hooped that much. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Over how a much were you just feeding the lamb nonstop? That that's all it was doing was pooping everywhere. Like, I don't. Okay, I, five or six piles maybe, but this was everywhere. I've been to petting zoos before, and I don't think I've ever seen some turds that big. And oh, like, and they, were, they were all over. Yeah, you're CGI yeah, was, involved. Yeah. This looked like a petting zoo uh, Copy with paste. multiple lambs, not just one. So, Greg, I agree. Um, nice. excuse me, but I, Five but out of 10. I, yeah, Shandy, I don't know. I don't think she comes back if she does. It's for like a scene, uh, but I don't, I don't know. It was point that no. after, after she had left, I said out loud, that was a pointless character and story only to lead it into another pointless character and story for Keely. Um, I feel like the writers as great as they are with certain characters, they didn't know what to do with Keely. They really didn't. Uh, they couldn't have her just be a successful businesswoman who has some struggles with whatever. They had to give her a love interest and a friend who's a maniac and uh, a, a COO or whatever Barbara was at that company who hated her. Uh, it, it just it didn't it didn't make sense for a lot of the choices. Shandy was one of them, and I I thought she would have been cool for one episode. I was like, okay, the, yeah, she helped Keely, and that's it, and move on well the thing about it too is that it's just all focused in like in keely's world it's like we remove the whole entire like 
there's no like Jamie and talking, you know, I've maybe Shandy interacts with them during the one photo shoot. Um, right. And like, that's, you know, another thing that like heads up, but it's like, there's just so much that, like I said, again, it's, and it's just, and when we get into the later episodes, like it just, it feels such like a letdown because you think back to this kind of middle chunk of the season for me. And it just feels like so much bloat and storylines that just, go to almost nowhere. And it's like, we could have spent this either building up other storylines that either I feel didn't get enough attention or, you know, deserved a little bit more writing, not writing, but more time spent on them as well as, you know, just our main characters. And I'm not saying that the character of Keely has to be defined by, by Roy and Jamie and that like love triangle or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, there's definitely elements where, you know, I don't think we need to dive so much into Keeley's life with these characters that literally didn't make it through a whole season. Um, and it's just, they get dropped off and it doesn't even seem to be anything of a building block for Keeley other than being like, I can still do this. I, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys read a little bit more into that, but um, I know we diverted on Keeley a lot. So wherever wherever we want to go now the world's always yeah well so i want to shift to love it um i want to shift to a different uh storyline that also was kind of like here's a couple episodes and then we're done and that is zava Mm. um you know friendship brother we (laughs) we we start off the season with hey there's this character out there and he's uh you know, he's one of the greatest players to ever do it. Everybody looks up to him like he's a living God and uh, especially Danny. Um, but, uh, you know, they they it it basically shakes up the whole Premier League where it's like where who's going to land this guy? And Rebecca and AFC actually managed to um, successfully court him. They sign him. Uh, we start to get to know him a little bit. I mean, uh, that might be taking it a bit too far, but there's there are scenes with him in it where you just see he's a really out there kind of guy, very self-centered and all of this stuff. And he does make an initial difference for AFC Richmond. And then the team gets in a funk. They start losing and then he retires. And that's that like Zaba out. So yeah. I just it's it's all very weird to me because like I feel if you're gonna introduce this character and you play him up like hey he's gonna be he's gonna be a difference maker and this is gonna be a major new character for the show. Okay, I'm fine with that. Hands, I'm like you, I don't necessarily know that I need a brand new character, one more new character in addition to the ones that you mentioned in like the final season, but at least this is like, you know, something with the team and the sport where it's like, okay, this, this can add an additional wrinkle. You've got, um, Jamie Tart, uh, you know, kind of having a professional rivalry, even though it's more one-sided, it's more Tart on, uh, Zava, where Zava doesn't even look at him on the same league. But, um, there, there are some strong possibilities and ways that they could go with different interactions with this character. And then they just make him this kind of one note weirdo and he's gone. He just up and retires and that's that. And, you know, I guess 
there's something like the way that I read this, uh, and I don't know if this is this was the intent for how the character was supposed to be read, but it comes across to me as he was just a flim flam guy and he couldn't live up to the hype because the team was losing. So he just said, I'm out. I'm going to my avocado farm. And uh, I don't. I don't know if that was the intent. That's how it came off. But then it's like, well, th- why did all these other players and s- journalists and, and everybody just revere this guy? Is there not like some ca- type of financial penalty from this? Like where there just there was no fallout. It's just like he's here and he's gone and we're moving forward. And any interactions he had previously, just forget about those. So it was just, it was very, I don't know, it was very disappointing and just, you know, again, it felt like, hey, we need a little mini arc that's not going to necessarily tie into the main storyline, but it'll give us something to chew on for like three episodes. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want that. Like, like you said, Hare, like give us, address some important stuff, man. I, I'm so disappointed after how well done the whole depression angle and anxiety were, were addressed yeah. in season two. It almost completely gets dropped in this. Like it, it certainly doesn't get a resolution because, you know, Ted's still up to, I think like halfway through the season, you see him kind of um, starting to build towards anxiety attacks, but there's just nothing that ever gets brought up about that again. There's like maybe two or three sessions where he's talking with Dr. Sharon and that's it. And it doesn't yeah. ever really lead to any significant discoveries for Ted and his well-being. So it's like, why did we spend time on Zava when this could have been devoted to more interesting character work for the existing characters? Um, one more note on Zava before I, I move it on, but like, you know, the whole crux of the, the Tart Zava thing was uh, Tart challenging himself to to try and be better than Zava and Zava just leaves. And it's like, well, now I guess I might as well, you know, just keep going down that path. Um, but that to me isn't as riveting as why not just have Jamie have that from the start of the season. Like, clearly he's trying to turn over a new leaf and be a better person. But like, even before Zava gets signed, why not just have Jamie say, hey, this guy's out there. I'm going to be better than him, you know, regardless of whether he comes to the team or not. And and you start that off, you kickstart that earlier on in the season rather than waiting for Zava to get signed and then Tark gets jealous and goes on his path. I don't know. I'm not trying to profess to be a better writer, but it just it seems to make more sense, especially given how inconsequential Zava is to the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, can I, I, that's, uh, can, yeah, can I go, jump go in on? All right, all right. So yeah. the thing, couple things. I, do I have full permission to jump a little bit towards the the end of the season? Because I I, I want to at least do what you got to do, brother. Okay, good. Uh, permission everyone, if, granted. If you're not ready to be spoiled, uh, if you want to wait a little bit, then just skip ahead or something a, a, a couple minutes. Um, so I. I, I no, well, no, I don't know because I'm not in the writer's room. My my thoughts were that they brought Zava in to, as you said, compete with, with Tart and to push him. And, season, and this season has a lot of development for Jamie. Uh, the first season is he was just a one-man show. 
Um, he he wanted to be the best, and they they you know they brought in Danny to compete with him in season one. Season two, he kind of starts realizing that he's part of a team. I, how they someone I I saw online where they said you know Jamie thought he was one in one in a million, then Ted taught him he was one in eleven, and and. That's another cute. one like season three was like he's part of like he's i forget what the what the word i messed it up sorry everyone. Mm. but <laughs> i i think they brought him Sounds in great I, I thought they brought zava in to yeah to push jamie to want to be better and jamie never we see him in season two asking roy how to be like how to how to how to be a better player because we find out you know he even said it like he looked up the roy all his life has his poster on his wall, which you know we'll get to in a little bit, and um, <laughs> I I think they just want it. I think Jamie need that final push to really be better. Now, where I thought this story was going to go, I thought Zava. Yeah, I thought something was going to happen with Zava, where he wasn't going to be on Richmond towards the end. I legitimately thought after he retired, he was going to come out of retirement and join and join West Ham, and we were going to get like a Jamie Zava match off. Um, which we didn't get. Zava just stayed retired and sent him an avocado and end of story. Um, but I, I, that's where I thought it was going, where Jamie, it, his final test would basically to be to play against the, the player that was pushing him to be better. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, maybe they should have put me in a writer's room. Uh, I think that that Zava story was kind of was wasted. Um, outside of uh, Greg, you, I agree with you. They could have done something with um, – with Jamie to push him a little more to, to want to be um, to want to be basically at Zava level. Now there's a lot of cool things where a lot of like one thing that I watch, I watched a couple of Ted speeches and I'm going to say they are, they are, are straight up bangers this season of, of Ted Lasso speeches. Uh, so the one where Zava quits, he even uh, little tiny things that I noticed is when he's talking, he says, we don't need Zava. And he looks at Jamie and has an extended look on him, kind of telling him that, you know, you can be, you can be that person. Um, and I, I think there should, there could have, there was so much more potential. And to Harry's point, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wasted stuff. There's a lot of wasted time. You could have built Zava up and let him leave a couple episodes and come back and, and play for West Ham and, or play for, Manchester United, um, or Manchester was it Man City? Is it the same thing? Her? Uh, who? What? Man, Man City? Is a I Man- lost you somewhere in the teams. Were you even listening? Um, I was. Man City and Manchester United are they the same? No, they're different teams. Man City is the one that that is in yeah. The, in, yeah okay. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for okay. thank you for making me repeat myself. Well, I just um, – you lost me when you said I wasn't sure if you were confusing the teams or if you I was. knew there were I, two. I know so I'm, I'm not like big in Premier League, so I know that it's they're fine. different. I, yeah, one okay. day. I knew they were different, but I know – I didn't know which one, if it was Man U or Man City. Yeah, yeah. City, <laughs> okay. yeah. So I thought – thank you. I thought Zabu's, the blue one. United is the red one. So Thank you. I will remember not that. remember that in about an hour. Um, you will. But thank you. Um, so I thought Zava was going to join and, and you know we were going to get that, but we didn't. Mm. They just – Zava pieced and – Gave the team another to struggle to again. say. Um, gave another the team another thing to struggle through. Um, one thing I thought was funny is that Danny Rojas how he admitted that he lost his virginity to uh, one of Zava's shoes, uh, <laughs> which is really weird. But um, classy, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I I thought Rojas was the best of the Zava storyline to be honest, and his love of of Zava. Uh, so um, 
I think Rojas kind of took a backseat a little bit in this season. Um, compared to some of the, uh, to compared to some of the other characters, but he did have some really good. He has the best Isaac uh, impression that I've ever seen. More than um, more than McAdoo does his own. Uh, it, it just mm. was really good. Um, but yeah, so I just I don't know. Just uh, on your points, there the the first half of the season is a mess. It, it once mm. it, it it gets into it get it it avoids. And drop some of those storylines that just don't make sense in the fi- in the end, um, the end half. It just I don't know. Zav is one of them. I I like the concept of it, but they they really dropped the ball and and didn't really use it to its full potential. So, yeah, Harry, yeah. Harry, I mean, I think I think just going back to the Zava point really quick. Um, not to say too much about it, but it easily could have been one of like the things for Nate in the beginning with West Ham. They sign this big player, Zava. He interacts with Nate. And then, you know, just like Nate disappears halfway through through West Ham, um, you know, and maybe for the same reasons. But, like, it almost would have made a little bit more sense to have him do that instead of him having to be an integral part of an episode or two and then just being like, yep, and now he's gone. So, um, yeah, like I said, those, those kind of three through seven, three through eight episodes, besides some some points, um, you know, like I'll touch on for episode four when when Ted, you know, calls Michelle and they kind of have that moment, you know, on the phone where he's kind of I wouldn't say reaming into her, but he's expressing himself. He's telling her his feelings and how this made him feel. And, you know, she takes that in stride and says, you're right. You know, I should have, you know, done this or that, um, you know, and then we go into the you know next episode in episode five. You know, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but with Henry and the bullying. And it's just like, you know, you that's like part of the arc for Ted's episode of like, you know, I can only imagine, I'm sure you guys could relate of like, wait, my, my kid's the bully? He's not being bullied? He's bullied? How did this happen? You know, I feel like I'm trying to, you know, raise a, a kind a kind child. Um, That'll be thin. And then it totally gets dropped. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then like it gets, it gets solved with like, you know, a little one liner or whatever. Henry's like, oh yeah, like we worked it out. And it's like. Okay, but like, you know, for most of the episode, you know, Ted's running around like, you know, um, you know, gathers up the diamond dogs and does that stuff. And as Hans mentioned, you know, we get that we get that Roy, you know, uh, speech, for lack of a better word, of what he would do um, in regards to it. So uh, but, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of other, you know, this, the, the you know, a lot of the Keeley stuff with with Jack, with Shandy. Um, you know, it just, it just didn't feel, it just didn't, you know, and, and like I said, and I, I know I'm just, you know, regurgitating a little bit here and before I throw it back to you, Papa, but it's like all this stuff kind of in episodes three for eight, eight for me really helped fail the back half of the season with nine through 12 with how much they have to jam pack in the nine through 12. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you just kind of spread those lines a little bit more for nine through 12 through the season, you know, of either just discussions or maybe Nate tries to call Ted one night and like, you know, they just hangs up, you know what I mean? And then maybe one time you see him try to visit him at his apartment and, you know, you see Nate scurrying off to the side or going to the pub and everybody's staring him at the pub and making faces and, you know, take, like I said, take Zava and just put him on West Ham, you know, and then have him do like West Ham all having all this great success. And then Zava leaves and it's like, was it Zava or was it Nate? And then, you know, all right. that stuff with, with Rupert and everything and just have all that come to a clash. Um, there's just so many things where it's like you can introduce new characters. You know, there's there's the couple of the people at West Ham that they try to plug in for a quarter of a minute. And it's like, 
you could have just built a character or two for Nate to be able to bounce off of. Maybe they don't stick around or maybe they're upset Nate leaves and maybe they come to Richmond too. There's just so much of this world that I feel is just able to connect. And they just introduced these new characters and said, you know what? The, their kind of job is done here. And the payoff for me just doesn't add up to, you know, you, I don't look back at the Zaba stuff. I don't look back at the Shandy stuff. I don't look back at the Jack stuff and say, you know, this really helped Keely in this way. This really helped the team in this way. And I, I know it leads to that great Ted Lasso speech, but they could have easily done that with something else. It's not like he's missing you know, any reason to get on a, a soapbox and talk about, you know, how barbecue sauce and, you know, the Michael Jordan Bulls are the way of, you know, playing total football with the with the Netherlands. So or, it's uh, being a, a Kansas City Chief or Denver Broncos fan is equivalent to being gay. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Some of them some of them don't come off as well, but yeah. I, 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 I will admit that that was like kinda the first time I watched it I got a little bit of it like a cringe, but I thought it was like really funny the way it was delivered because his reaction's just like, oh, Oh, well, like you could tell it just, it was yeah. funny, but well, yeah. you could tell that everybody's like, yeah, I don't know if that one works, Ted. <laughs> and it's like, there's been plenty of moments when I've, you know, started to say, well, it's kind of like this to my wife. And she goes, no, it's not. You're just <laughs> yeah. trying to make an analogy for no reason. I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess that one didn't hit. So, yeah. Um, but Papa, I'll throw it back to, back to you in regards to this. Yeah. So, uh, kind of moving away from the Zava stuff, but uh, into episode six, which was the big uh, Amsterdam episode. Uh, a lot going on in here, mm. but some some of the big stuff for me, um, I really enjoyed the little uh, subplot in this episode with Rebecca and the guy that she meets. Um, yeah. But I find it very, very weird that in this day and age, she didn't even get his name. Um, and it's it's crazy because, you know, it. they reference they reference in the episode how like, you know, this is kind of a weird situation. And, you know, he's very respectful about, you know, not trying to creep her out or hey you know i i promise i didn't spike the drink and all this like he's he's very cognizant of how this comes off but they never share names with each other it's just like it seems very it's like a really out there uh situation and for playing everything else up i guess semi-realistically or i don't know what you want to say but like they just leaving the 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 finding each other's names out thing just to i guess have like a meet cute story or whatever it was just a really odd choice to me i don't know hands you I, look like you got something I, you want to say all right going against my thought of in introducing new characters this is one i really mm-hmm. liked I really like that. I, I I'm with you. I love this whole storyline. This guy, this guy. <laughs> do we? I don't think we even get his name at all. I don't. I don't think we, we do. Dutchman. I don't want to spoil more endings because <laughs> yeah, that's Dutchman. what I've been doing so far. Yeah, the flying Dutchman. Dutchman. <laughs> the flying Dutchman. Um, I um. Davy Jones. I I I. You throw me off. Stop. Uh, or you start talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um. I, I really liked it. I don't, it doesn't mind. It doesn't bother me that that he doesn't get her name. It just it's one of those stories where you know it, is it love at first sight or whatever whatever they share. 
And bro, it, they're in dude's houseboat. She gets naked, takes a shower. She's wearing his ex-wife's clothes. They talk about everything under the sun. He's massaging her feet. We've like, all this, been in this, a situation. So soulmate I, I style. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to get your name. Oh, I love it, man. I we've love it. All, Listen, we've all ahead, put our ex-wives answer. clothing on another woman and, and had them take a shot. It's all, this is something Fair. everyone <laughs> in this world has been, has gone through this. You don't always have to sure. get their name. Sorry. Listen, I, 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 Listen, I know they're, they're li- Greg. It's a, you know what this tells me? It tells me you haven't been living in the moment enough in your exactly. life. Exactly. Like just you get a houseboat and you got a blonde. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have a piece of paper. I you you're right. She could give her him. He could give her his name, and they could you know with a phone number and say, hey, let's let's try and you know meet up. But there's this seren- serendipitous moment where she ends up in the lake. You know, silly enough in in the lasso way, um, and they just have this beautiful night together and that's all it needed to be um in regards to it and look i love everything about that i'm all about it but it is so implausible that they did not get each other's names it just like that the whole time they were together i was focused on that as opposed to enjoying the moment it's like why can't like it it doesn't make sense do you know what it do you know what it reminds me of? So there's this one time, right? I went to this party and I got story time. I, with I hit it off. I hit it off with this girl and I just we 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 just connected. It was weird. It, it wasn't anything like amazing like this. It wasn't at all. It was just chatter. It was a nice time. And I got her number and put her in my phone as red sweatshirt girl. No idea what her name was. Had no idea. And it was like, that's just how we left it. So the only way I was able to reach out to this person was to text and be like, you know, not even know her name. So a little different, but a little similar. And it's just like, no, you know, we lived in that it's moment. It's not that's, similar at all that because your, your connection was nowhere near as intimate as what these guys had. Yeah. And For, I agree. I, what your situation, that totally happens in the real world. That happens Oh, All day, every day. Sure, but you still but have the for, number in for your the phone? situation. Rebecca, <laughs> for for the situation Rebecca was in, there's just no way. Just like, gotta oh, live in yeah, the moment. By the man. way, don't, I run. Don't AFC ruin the moment. Richmond. Don't ruin uh, the moment by finding out his name. What, yeah, you, guess, like, what if it was Carl? Sorry, yeah, what, if, what, if, what if it was Carl? That would be wild. <laughs> you do, um, you do have that sweatshirt <laughs> in your phone. I love it. Um, oh, I mean, great. it's just, I don't know. It's very <laughs> clear. Your phones, to me. people. I know don't take 40 years to do it. I know it's, uh, it's you know, silly, but it just, uh, it was something that I got hung up on. And it's mm. like, just tell each other your names. It's so weird. Nah, man. What do you, you just love like, it. hey, you. Is that what happens when they were planning to, to never see each other again? Yeah. Yeah. But what, what about what do the names hours matter? on end they spent together? It what do names moment matter? In time, in man, moment. it was a it fleeting does. moment in time. <laughs> what, yeah, you want to play his name? What do you think it is? Um, I thought didn't they didn't he say it at the end? No, he just said Rebecca. He didn't say his no, name. I think I'm she says say... I'm Rebecca. No, she he says oh because he says to his daughter who's she the daughter says who's this. And she says Rebecca, and he like repeats her name. 
Yeah. Oh, unless yeah, his okay. name was Rebecca too. I don't mm, know. Well, maybe. Mm. I don't know why I'm getting a Lars vibe from him. <laughs> Lars. Lars. What about Declan? Lars? No, he's not Terrible. Irish. <laughs> so I've been sitting on this for Deckard, maybe about it. Deckard, Deckard, Deckard. <laughs> definitely not Deckard either. Uh, all right, let's get away from Mystery Man. Um, one thing that happened, or a quote, I should say, from this episode, which was Rebecca talking about her divorce, and um, I—I'll be honest, I forget who she was talking to. I want to say it was Ted, but I'm not 100 percent certain. But she. She talks about her divorce and she says, this thing didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Like that was mm. a realization that she came to further on down the line. And I thought that that was such a powerful observation, you know, with, with hindsight. And uh, that really stuck with me. And I think it's a very introspective um, bit of feedback uh, so that, you know, if, if you're ever in the moment and, you know, wondering why is this again happening to me? It's like, well, let's, let's try and look at the flip side of that. And what, what is this going to lead to? I mean, obviously you can't do that with everything, but, um, but I, I thought that was a very uh, interesting sentiment uh, that, in this episode. We, Oh, go ahead. Oh uh, no, that's the point in Rebecca's storyline where I think it, it turns around to, you know, we had mentioned earlier where, she moved on from Rupert of getting revenge on him. And, and I, I yeah. think that's the point where she kind of realizes that, you know, it's, it's life's too short. She had this great night. with yeah, this random guy moment. Yeah. Living in the moment. And she, she just realized that the, the person that she is was yes, because of the divorce, but it's not, it happened for her because Rupert's a scumbag. And, you know, you just start, she starts realizing that there's so much more to her life than him is revenge. Right. So yeah. Uh, in this episode, we also got an awesome Colin and Trent discussion. Wow. Uh, yeah. Great. Absolutely loved that scene. And, you know, uh, Colin or I'm sorry, Trent coming out to Colin. Uh, obviously Trent had been aware of um, Colin's uh, uh, preferences, I guess, throughout the season. He, he accidentally, uh, discovered Catches him. Yeah. Uh, his yeah his dalliances and uh, good I, w- I was really really happy about how this played out because initially I thought Trent was potentially going to use this as like some lurid expose material for his book and then when we find out not only is he not going to do that and you know he's he's going to approach this as delicately as possible, but also he's going to provide support to Colin um, because he, he has a similar lifestyle. Like I just, I, I really loved the way that this dynamic turned out and this discussion was, uh, yeah. was a shining moment in this season for sure. Um, so really, really nice work there. The reveal for Colin was great. I thought like that was the cold open for one of the episodes and mm-hmm. that wasn't anything I was really expecting. I'm glad that he got he. Be, I, I I guess he became more of a main character than he was in previous seasons. I, I love. I, I thought he was Colin was a great addition to the more the regular cast. Um, even though he kind of had some one or two liners in the previous seasons. Um, yeah, the Trent. I, I thought the same thing, Greg. Where he's walking away and he and Trent kind of has that look on him. 
that I'm going to – but uh, that quickly went away because I feel like that would be a horrible thing to do instead of introducing new characters is that you're building Trent to be this likable – at first, and you don't like him when he's first introduced, but become this like likable ally to Richmond. And I, I and nowhere did I think he was going to – you know that he was gay and he was going to come out and help Colin. That wasn't my first thought. But I, my first thought was that he was going to somehow use this to his advantage. I'm glad that it didn't turn out that way because, it, it, yeah, he just seemed like a more of a mentor because it's obvious that Colin was keeping it a secret. And he went through the – he said he came out twice and uh, like to his daughter. And you know he knows how it is professionally, like personal life to, to go through that. That talk is, is, is great. Uh, I, I do love that. Um, there's the, the one line in that towards the end is when they're talking about the one building and they're saying how like Anne Frank stayed like stayed there. And then he's like, Oh yeah, the one with the purple roof. And Trent's just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they built that after, but it's just like Colin, <laughs> you felt like Colin's such a, a doofus that he thought yeah. like it was there the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting with Colin because, and honest to God, I, I do not remember him from the previous seasons. So like it was, it was kind of um, out of left field for me when all of a sudden he's the focus. So not only is it like, oh, this is a character that's on the team, but also that we haven't seen much of before, but also he's going to be in a major storyline for this season. So it, it felt very strange, but quickly I um, came to love his storyline. And I think one of the defining moments for that story was when he – and I think it might have been in that discussion with Trent, but he he says, you know, I just the way other people can run up and kiss their run up into the stands and kiss their girl after a win. Like, I just want to be able to do that with my guy. And I was like, right on. Like, that's man, that's such a touching moment, uh, you know, and and that having that feeling of longing and, and wanting to be just accepted as everybody else, you know, like. So <clears throat> I thought that was a, a really powerful thing and and this this storyline it does have some bumps later on that i'll address but um but overall colin was like a pleasant surprise uh as being brought to the forefront um or at least given I, a lot more to do than previous seasons one note with that i love how they planted the seeds for this early in i think it was a second season because he made he does make a grinder joke um about ah. like an ad so they knew where i think i don't know whether or not that was just a joke or they 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 wrote that and then they realized let's turn this into something bigger um but yeah. if they planted the seeds were planted um i i believe it was season two i'm not exactly sure but someone made someone made a grinder joke and, and they're like okay like good good thinking they knew where they were going to go with it so yeah um another point that i have and you know i, I just want to touch on a few other things and then i'll uh pass it off to you guys but um uh, one of the things that by this episode I picked up and I think it might've been either this episode or the one before, but, um, Ted was on the phone with, uh, his son and, you know, his son basically told him, Hey, even if this is something you don't want to do, we have to try, right? Like that's, that's the whole yeah. point of everything. We have to try. And like, that's, that was kind of like a reoccurring theme, um, especially for Ted in the season. So I really kind of liked that. Um, that has very lasso vibes to it where it's like, Hey, we're going to look at the silver lining on these clouds. And 
even if I'm going through some stuff, uh, I'm still going to do right by my people and, and, you know, give it my effort. So I thought that was a, a cool and powerful, but simple message. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they kind of ran with that uh, throughout the season. Uh, and then my last thing I want to touch on with this episode is the Arthur Bryant's love. Mm. <laughs> um, my absolute favorite barbecue place, the original location located in Kansas city, Missouri, uh, Jason Sudeikis given Arthur Bryant some more love just like he did last season. So I'm always happy to, to see that. And uh, that was the original location that he had on um, his desktop wallpaper on his, uh, his laptop. So uh, I've been there many a time. Uh, every time I go to KC, I make it a point to stop there. If you guys are in the Kansas city area or ever go there, stop by barbecue is absolutely out of this world. Uh, love, love, love that he continues to uh, show AB some love. Uh, that's it for me for the first six episodes. Uh, and I, like I said, I know there was a lot to talk about with the Amsterdam episode. Uh, anything you guys wanted to touch on with any of this? Uh, one thing, the Amsterdam episode is, uh, is well, actually there are a couple things. Uh, I love how the team spent the whole night trying to figure out where they were going to go. If they were going to go to a live sex show or, uh, like where was it? Paris at one point And, <clears throat> It, uh, so I, I just – sorry. I don't mean to interrupt because this was something I meant to touch on and I totally forgot. The Danny Rojas moment for me this season was this whole thing where he just keeps trying to push going to see the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, <laughs> Who voted flowers? That could have been anybody that wrote been that. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 thought, I thought that was great because this, is, this was uh, one of those episodes where it could have been really wild. It could have been really off the wall, like to see what these players get into, and they spend the whole night trying to figure out. And I like this is you know them starting to come together and realize what they want to do. And and Isaac has some great moments in here where he just yells because he's like getting so mad. Um, the pillow fight I thought was funny because it calls back to a season one comment where Ted somewhere either was going to watch a movie, they were going to watch a movie. He's like, or he's like, I can't watch another movie. If you want to do a pillow fight, we can do that. Um, so that was a cool callback. Um, the Higgins storyline was was uh, really odd for love the first it, half. Love it, because uh, you don't know. Like it's this, you know, in the in season two, like how, how they, much in love of his wife know. is he? In. He's they in. Right? Like, is this dude like, <laughs> like this dude into some like shady shady goings on? With some, Everybody uh, in the episode, the night. as as he goes and tells them we're going to the red light district, they're like. Nah, I know it just, and then he brings Will. Like, what's he getting Will into? Um, I thought that was great. Uh, Beard and his uh, piggy stardust costume, um, was <laughs> was great. And the uh, the evolution of total football, which I didn't even realize was a uh, real thing in soccer. Oh my at god! One point. Um, yeah, I was, I was. No, I'll be honest. I was unaware too. I thought the triangle of power was like the uh, the the inception of it. Wow! Yeah, interesting. I thought that was I thought that was really neat uh, until you know uh, Beard says that it was invented in like the seventies. Yeah, by the um, Netherlands. Dude, my heart sank by the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> um, Johan Cruyff, the goat. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, I I love that. I, I, you know, yeah, we talked about the um, the the mystery man storyline. I love that. Um, 
and then you know Ted having his his acid trip or whatever he's on when it turns out it, it wasn't he just nothing <laughs> he was zoning out in, in some some American American uh, themed restaurant um, yeah I I thought uh, thought that was pretty I I, I lo- this was definitely a turning point because I, I I looked at it at the oh we forgot about the windmills we get a lot of recap backstory of how he doesn't know how to ride a bike and this is where I think Jamie and and Roy's relationship or friendship uh gets really like stronger so i i love that i I think there's two they had the strongest relationship in the season now the finale had a a a choice that once we get to that you know we'll we'll talk but um i i I really love that uh but yeah this this was this was a turning point for me because it got all that ugh done in the first half of the season and it was more like we're moving forward and we're going to forget Jack and I, Jack might've still been around at this point, but I, at least the, the tail end of it, uh, Shandy, we're getting rid of all that storyline and going to start moving a little f- closer to the finale because at this point it's like what? Six, the seventh episode, six, six, the sixth, this is the sixth. Yeah. So they just finished up the first half and then they were moving forward. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, I there was a good turning point and you know, the team starts to realize they have to come together and then, you know, even after that, they still have a little bit of a losing streak, and they're not doing too well. And then total football is born. So I, uh, I, 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 this was a great episode. It, it could have been just chaotic, and I'm glad that it wasn't. It was just a lot of calmness, I guess, to it. Mm. So, hair. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, with a lot of the episodes this season, there's a lot of moments for me. This uh, feels like the most complete uh, lasso episode to me, and it's probably my favorite. Um, you guys have touched on pretty much all, all of the experiences in this episode, but, um, I'm just going to go over, you know, my high points for him. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Trent and Colin bonding, uh, would have liked to have seen this maybe even earlier, would have liked to seen this multiple times, multiple conversations, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but you know, build that storyline more, um, Higgins red light district, um, I was telling this to Jill the other night. I think Higgins is my favorite character, not named Ted Lasso. Um, he is just always, you know, there, there's no growth needed. He's always, I don't want to say cheerful, but it's just his demeanor is always just so hilarious. His meetings with the diamond dogs, always so hilarious. Uh, I just love Higgins so much. Uh, and would love to be Higgins. I just, Higgins Higgins is the goat. That's all I got to say about that. Um, and shoot, there was, there was one other point. Yeah. The, the, the Jamie and Roy bonding, you know, again, let's add this to one or two episodes earlier in the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, this episode to me is the, the complete episode, uh, of Ted Lasso as far as this season is concerned. And it's probably my favorite and yeah, shout out to the bulls and the triangle offense. Shout out to Johan Cruyff and, the Netherlands total football experience. I once wrote an essay in college about how Liverpool uh, and Jurgen Klopp was embracing total football and the Netherlands experience. And I will tell you, if you YouTube any Netherlands uh, total football uh, highlights and watch anything previous to that, so watching soccer experience prior to that and then watching the way the Netherlands just completely changed the game, it's absolutely insane and ridiculous. and I love it. Uh, so yeah, that that was really nerdy football and basketball stuff that uh, 
was funny for me to uh, educate my wife on it. Hey, anytime you guys want to talk about it, I'm here for you. So cool. Um, so yeah, you know, kind of what you guys had mentioned, which is the first six episodes. I just, I found that this season was just kind of meandering by the time episode seven rolled around. It, it didn't, I mean, there's like some direction you can kind of see the main threads of where things are going to go, but it just, uh, I don't know. It was very disparate. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't feel like things were tying up together. Uh, there wasn't any type of linear progression with the story and it was just very, um, again, you know, to quote Harry from earlier, messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to swing back on, on Nate's villain arc because for me, uh, you know, I just, I sit here at this point and as we're getting, you know, deeper and deeper into the season, he just, he, he like vacillates back and forth. Like one episode we get tough guy, Nate. And then the next episode it's, Hey, I'm a soft, sweet guy. And I'm going to woo the girl from the, uh, Greek restaurant. And I just, I don't know. I I wasn't happy about Nate turning a villain, uh, turning to a villain uh, by the end of season two. But when I see that, I want to him. I wanted him to embrace that and really just go all out with it. Because if that's the choice you made, then let's go that route. It seems weak to me to have him go that route and then just kind of walk everything back and it's like well i'm not really that guy you know like i want him to be the ultimate adversary in the chess match of soccer and and even philosophy for for ted uh you know nate went down this road and i want to see him embrace that and become the antithesis of ted and let's see let's see where that gets him in the end because in the end he could beat Ted, but maybe he has the realization, Hey, this isn't everything it's cracked up to be, or maybe he loses to Ted and and comes to that same realization, but having him have these moments where he wavers back and forth, it just, it doesn't seem, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem earned. It's like he didn't, he didn't spend enough time as a villain to warrant redemption, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird feeling. And I don't like how, you know, hands, I know, I know you mentioned how he just kind of felt like he went down this road and, and, you know, things just kind of escalated and he wants to back off that. And I get that. Like I can see that, but that story is not as entertaining or dramatic to me as like what I envision for this character. So I just, I don't feel that it was handled appropriately. And, uh, it's just it's very weird to see these these two Nates going back and forth, you know, from episode to episode or even sometimes in the same episode where it's like, hey, I'm soft spoken, uh, you know, Mr. Nice Guy. But at the same time, I'm big leaguing Ted and his family and I can't even wave to them, you know, when they're coming to see me at my game. So I just I don't like that choice of characterization for Ned. Um, just stick with stick with one route and, and go that route. But like, you know, it's, it's not like 
the the whole wavering thing it just it it doesn't grab me at all um i think this also was around the time that lasso got woke <laughs> i'm uh no i'm not gonna say woke because i hate when people use that term but um i'll be honest the you know we start seeing the story uh get a little political with sam uh over Sonya, and there's a very direct correlation to uh you know lebron james and his stances and then having a reporter say uh you know shut up and dribble you know we don't want to hear your stuff and I just, I don't know. That's not, look, it's an important message uh, for sure. You know, I think everybody has a right to be heard regardless of profession. And certainly, you know, some of the things that Sam experiences in this um, in terms of uh, his feelings and, and the, the stuff that happens to uh, his restaurant, terrible, um, you know, and these are real ills of the world, but at the same time, that's not what I watched Lasso for, and it just comes across very forced. Uh, I I I hate saying this because, like, a lot of these messages, and we'll talk about more later on, but like a lot of the messages that that show up in this season um, are very much in alignment with with my views, and I think they're important to convey and everything. But I just it, this was not what Ted Lasso was throughout the first two seasons. So I don't see a reason to go that route in this season. It just feels more of like forced story, like, hey, what's topical? Let's go for this. And it's like, yeah, but I, I don't care about that. Like, give me Ted and his struggles, you know? Give me the struggles of AFC Richmond. I don't, I don't need to see... Uh, you know, refugees or anything like that. And I know this is probably coming across very terribly. And I feel, I feel bad for the plight of those folks, but look, I mean, I just like, I wouldn't watch a cartoon and want to get these things. I don't want to watch Ted Lasso and get this stuff. If I want to watch those messages, I'll watch content that has those messages, but Ted Lasso was not that previously. So I don't want it to be now. Um, that, that's kind of a, like a big thing. Let's uh, let's dive into that a little more. How did you guys feel about Sam's story and I guess the the introduction of politics to an extent in uh, this show? All right. So I don't. The problem I have with this storyline is we dealt with it before with Sam being with, with his political views because mm-hmm. they used to they were previously sponsored by Dubai Air and mm-hmm. I, I believe they were dumping oil into the 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 ocean around in, in Africa, at least in his right. homeland, they were doing something or drilling. They were doing something. Yeah. And that's what made them drop Dubai air when he protested, you know, which a lot of players in real life were doing where covering logos or doing stuff like that. They covered the Dubai air logo and that's why they eventually got sponsored by banter. Um, I, I don't have too much of a problem with it only because after they switched sponsors from Dubai air, it was never heard of again. And I, as much as I, I, I do see where you're coming from, but there's no consistency with it. It's just like they took a storyline from season two and put it in season three with a completely different, um, a completely different issue that Sam's concerned about. 
that's not a problem that he, yeah, you know, he does have those concerning things. And, and Ted Lasso does try and make things as, as close to what's going on in professional sports currently. So I see why they did it, but they already did that storyline before and made this, the only repercussions of this is that the general public were, you know, with the whole shut up and dribble, they were, they were more involved by trashing his restaurant. And, you know, I, 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 I just think that they recycled storylines from this and that's what bothered me a little bit because it's like, okay, you made Sam out to be a hero with, with his, his stance on Dubai air. And you gave him a whole different, a whole different social issue that he is worried about. And, and it just, it seemed like they were just trying, they just took an, a, a previous old episode, reused it in season three, and then they trashed his restaurant. Um, I, I agree. I, I think shows like this, when they get too political, it, 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 it steers away a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Ted Lasso with, with the Dubai air thing, they weren't afraid to shy around that. And I, I think they just kind of just went along with what, you know, what things happen in real life. Um, it, it does lead to a, a couple funny moments when they're cleaning up at the end of the restaurant. Um, Isaac has a, another funny line where he talks about his cousin, who's a, uh, I don't know if I could say the word here, but um, yeah, it's funny. Um, but it, it just, I, I don't have a problem with it as much as it's just, we've, we've done this before. We've, we did this storyline. Um, Harry. Yeah, um, I actually want to go back to Greg's original point because I'd like to push back a little bit on Nate. Like, the th- I think the thing about Nate's character is he is weak. I hear what you're saying about wanting to embrace the villain and go full full villain mode, but you know, at the same time, with this being the final season, I never thought for a moment that he would continue to be full villain um, because he's a weak individual. He, you know, he quits West Ham and just hides at his parents' house. Um, and throughout most of the season, you know, he's 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 just a very weak person um, in general and he shies away from things. And, uh, you know, even going when he goes to ask Jade on a, on a date the first time, I don't think he can like or you see he's like staring through the window and then he runs away. Um, I uh, I really have enjoyed Nate's storyline and I feel as though, again, because of the first half of, you know, the middle third of this season, the lack of development either in showing, you know, his character struggle with that the same way Ted struggled with things, um, you know, would have been more beneficial uh, in regards to that. But, um, and then with, I, I mean, I, I semi agree with you, Greg, in, in the politics stuff. And I, I semi, I guess, disagree. I just, again, this just goes back to me. It's like, you know, make this a two episode arc or, you know, make this, you know, maybe not just Sam's fight, but the rest of the team. Like, I don't think there's any need, you know, as, as Hans mentioned, there's a whole, you know, backstory, you know, with, um, with the, the club sponsor and with uh, Edwin Afuko, uh, you know, who's great in season two is, is having the one episode. And, you know, I, I compare this exactly to in the later in the season um, to episode 10 with the super league of just like, you know, we're adding that into here because it's topical in the world of, you know, of football. And, you know, it's kind of just brought up in one episode and they kind of, you know, bring in Edwin Afuko. And then by the end of the episode, it's it's not happening. And there's no there's no uh, 
you know, conversations with the players, with Ted in regards to any of it, like, you know, in, in previous uh, seasons, um, you know, when it's like, hey, we're going to make a decision as a club, you know, do we back this? Um, even the Zava signing, I think they, you know, talk to other people about it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't – I. I hear what you're saying and I agreed like, you know, Hey, but I'm always, I'm always for, you know, I, I like to see people try things, um, you know, or involve, you know, different storylines. Um, I just think this, you know, they, they botched it as far as execution for it. Uh, and it could, you know, instead of making it one episode where it's showing Sam send a couple of tweets, his restaurant getting trashed and having, you know, again, another beautiful moment of the team, you know, it's hard not to get emotional when you when you see the team step up for him and, you know, help him with his restaurant. I think his father's in town, too, um, you know, and, and to have that moment, you know, to help to help Sam is is great. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like they put in a Sam storyline and it has to do with this. And then it's like we're not involving it anymore. So, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 something I, I don't mind seeing in my shows and I, I welcome um, because I think it's it's important to, you know, because some people might not want to, you know, I don't want to say not talk about it, but not even engage with it. And, you know, for certain things, I think it's important to, you know, have certain people hear it or at least, you know, get it put into their ears, even if they don't like it. Um, but, yeah, it could have. Again, my thing is just this whole season. I feel like a broken record. So I'm sorry, everyone. But it just goes back to the execution. This could have been. Uh, episode and a half arc, you know, or two episodes and Hey, what's happening. Isaac comes to him as the captain and, you know, speaks up and says, Sam, we're all behind you, Rebecca, Ted, you know, all these people could have had a conversation like they did in the first season, but, or the first couple seasons, but they just don't. So kind of, you know, touching on something, both of you guys said, which was incorporating real life stories. You know, Harry, you mentioned the super league. We talked about the shut up and dribble, even something which, which happens um, in an episode or two after this with Isaac uh, jumping up into the stands yeah. and fighting a yeah. fan. You know, we saw that with uh, Ron Artest many years ago. Um, I just like, it, it seems very devoid of originality to me. It's like, Hey, we don't have any ideas, it, so let's plug and play stuff yeah, that's feels, in the headlines. It feels a little more manufactured. Um, I don't know if that's yeah. it's similar, but it feels very much like, yeah. hey, what happened? You know, has anyone ever gone on the stands before? You know, and I, I don't, you know, the yeah. So, um, and then there's no follow up yeah. to any of this. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. you mentioned the Sam thing, one and done. McAdoo, you never see any. Did he get suspended? No, I don't think so. Like no, maybe yeah, he was fined. Yeah. Like there's no repercussions, you know. And the Super yeah. League thing, same thing. Who's going to step up now that Who's going to step up now that Isaac's suspended for the rest of the season? Like right. have a captain discussion, stuff like that. To you know, whatever. I mean, I guess How it would be Sam because he's the vice captain. But <laughs> Isaac can do whatever he wants. Well, wait, wasn't uh, wasn't Jamie captain in season one? No, Roy was. Uh, yeah, Roy, okay. Roy Roy was the captain. Roy, he passed it along yeah. to Isaac, and then I think Isaac made Sam That's captain right. one game for maybe it was this because season. of it was, the it was the one where he got I think it was this one. No, it was the, the I think it was the episode where um they played West Ham and the ever like all these people got ejected. Oh well, yeah, think, well then you, I you think have that to might keep have been passing it. the captaincy on to somebody <laughs> <Right>. until <laughs> you know. 
But usually, usually most teams have a captain and a vice captain. So if the captain doesn't play, there's usually someone who, you know, would be next up. Um, Liverpool, for example, they have it where uh, if the captain and vice captain aren't playing, it goes to the most tenured uh, player on the team to represent as captain. So, Gotcha. Well, I mean, yeah, but that that's all getting in the weeds. But the, the point is... Yeah. I there know. weren't any repercussions or follow up yeah, exactly. with, with any yeah. of these things. At least that, I mean, yeah. it's not even a discussion like, with the owner or with you know, um, yeah, yeah, you know, with Rebecca into filling it in and in, into that. And I mean, they get the resolution of why Isaac did it, um, but right. it is it is it is kind of like I said, it feel it felt very manufactured and it felt very crammed in of like you know, I think with you know, uh, sexuality and with politics. Like, I don't think you can get into those things in like one episode or little bits. I think you need to kind of, you know, give it more gravitas and give it more of the attention it deserves, uh, in regards to it. Yes. Uh, I'm going to touch on the McAdoo stuff in a minute, but, um, I want to jump back to a lighter moment here. And we got, Trent joining the Diamond Dogs. Um, so I thought that was a nice little moment uh, in the story. And especially, you know, again, Trent Krim, um, I really enjoyed his his scenes in this. I don't want to say character arc per se, because I don't feel like there wasn't a ton of growth, I think, that came from his character. But no, I just liked the way that he interacted with our regulars. Um, yeah, his arc really came from more in season two, and he was just more right. of a like a a side a side piece just for just to go through like yeah like like you had said he's more like he's more he's kind of like us watching the show, and you know he has his little moments here and there, but yeah, right. Uh, oh, once, sorry, I just wanted to add. Anytime sure. Diamond, the most consistent thing on the show is Diamond Dogs, and. Maybe one day I'll invite Quality you guys. Wise. Yeah, maybe I'll invite you guys yeah. one day to my Diamond Dogs group chat at work. So, <laughs> oh, I've I've, uh, I've overheard you guys howling. On occasion. <laughs> um, skipping to a scene that I found totally out of character and very weird was Ted wanting to hire a PI to uh, follow his ex-wife and uh, her. Bo, I guess, uh, not fiance, but um, Dr. Jacob Ugh. on their little excursion to Paris. Uh, this just seemed totally out of character for Ted. And I really, really did not like this choice. Um, ultimately, you know, he doesn't follow through with it, which I'm happy that they didn't because that would be a total misstep for the character. But the fact that he even considered it was very strange to me. It's again, it's just not something that he would do. And I get that he is very twisted up inside about, you know, all the different things going on, not being there for his son. And, you know, obviously this kind of being a form of a nail in the coffin to his, his previous marriage and, and all of these things. So I get that. I get that it's causing him internal uh, stress. Totally understand. But at the same time, this is a character that has been shown to be very positive and straightforward and uh, wanting to hire a PI just to spy on them is very, very creep mode, you know? Hmm. 
I just, uh, I, I did not like the fact that he was even considering it. And I felt it was very out of character. Um, I, I only disagree with that because I feel like he just became paranoid at the point where he still hasn't moved on. I, as much as he moved on from his his ex wife, or I guess were they ever officially divorced or were they just separated? I think I oh know they signed. I was well, he about signed, that he too. signed the papers. They signed too. divorce papers, yeah, because yeah, that's when he yelled at Nate in the first season. Um, I, 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 I thought it was something that, uh, yeah, a little odd, but I guess in that moment where he's just trying to figure out something, he became a little desperate, and you know he was certainly trying to get advice from other people about it to see whether or not like if this is the right move, and and I think Rebecca offers him a PI. And, and he, she, I think she even says something about like going down that road, like don't yeah. do it. Right. And I, I think that's just more along the lines of him being paranoid and him wanting to, uh, is it out of left field? Yes. But you know, I, I, I mean, I've never been in that situation where I've ever had to consider doing that. I hope I'm, I never am. Um, but yeah, I, I the fact that it, it it's a it's a it is a weird out of left field thing for Ted Lasso, but there was a lot of moments in this where he he seemed like he was more on the desperate end of things, and just you know decided to at least think about it. Was this a lasso move, uh, Hair? Yay or nay? You know, I think there's definitely I could see a Diamond Dollars conversation that gets you know uh, I think they even have a conversation about this if I'm not mistaken. Um, and this could this totally feels more like a beard thing to me. That beard would go on this like crazy either conspiracy or like offer to be the private investigator. And like there's cutscenes right. of him in Paris, like following them around, you know, or whatnot, or doing the thing for Ted as a friend. And but it almost feels like a line Ted would say, and then everybody would look at him weird, and he would have like a joke about it after, and be like, you know, like yeah, you're whatever. right, that's not me, like Magnum yeah. PI, you know what I mean, like get that, you yeah, know, yeah. in there, <laughs> and you know, maybe I'll just grow a big mustache like Tom Selleck, um, <laughs> and have some like lasso throwaway line about it, and but the other problem about it, and again, it's like why not just have that build up in the beginning of the episode, like maybe show Ted waking up and like he hears about this, and then. He's like, you know, he's imagining the Eiffel Tower and he's imagining the scenario, like have it build up a little bit where it's like, I think I got to get a PI. And then he has a conversation with like the Diamond Dogs, either, you know, like maybe Roy's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go follow him and like him and Beard, you know, whatever. I just, again, I think there's better things to do with it. It doesn't feel like an exact lasso move, but, you know, as we mentioned, like he, he does have the point where he breaks it, Nate. You know, and there's a later point in the season, you know, when he has a family member come over that he kind of breaks on 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 her. And so, like, the, I don't think it's out of character. Like, I think he has these moments. It's just it feels a little bit out of left field because of the way, like I mentioned earlier about this. The I don't want to call it a sweet conversation, but the emotional conversation with him and Michelle over the phone about, you know, Dr. Jacob and her not, you know, informing him. And he's got to hear it through Henry. Like it just kind of felt out of left field because of that stuff of like, you feel like they're kind of working. Um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just have better ideas. We'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> uh, that seems to be a recurring theme here. <laughs> this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys, Apple, had we're ready her. just to write us the check. Yes. Uh, you guys had touched on her a little bit earlier and I have not yet, but I just, you know, I, I'm not going to say too much about Jack. Wasn't huge on the character, but especially 
with, um, I guess, basically the culmination of her story, which was, you know, the the incident happening with Keely, where some of her private uh, videos got leaked across the internet, along with some other celebrities, and Jack just flips the script and becomes super judgy and weird. Well, I say flip the script, but I don't know. There was just something off about her from jump where I didn't quite trust her. Um, so I'd love to say that this was out of left field, but I just, uh, I don't know. I always kind of had a, a sneaking suspicion that whatever direction Keely ended up going with her love life, I, I never thought that this was going to be a permanent thing. Like it, yeah. even from, you know, the, the initial um, hookup that they had, I just, there was never a vibe where it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is going to be lasting and real. And, you know, they, they even get into a, a conversation about it um, where Rebecca explains love bombing to yeah. Keely, uh, which, you know, new, was new very term. plain. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Jack, not a fan of her character. Another new character that didn't need to be introduced, but it was like, hey, let's let's get something going for Keely for six episodes just to keep her and Roy or her and Jamie apart. And it's a, it, it's just like a forced contrivance. Um, so I don't know. Less said about Jack, the better. Uh, a couple other points. McAdoo, as, as it relates to his story regarding Colin, uh, I thought this was dumb. Was not a fan of it. Uh, you know, the whole I'm angry at you because you didn't trust me and come out to me. Like, that's just such a BS thing, man. Like, people have their own worries and stresses. And, you know, look, whether you have gay friends or not, you should not, you should never judge somebody based on them not feeling ready to, to bring to speak their truth to the world. You know, they've got whatever reasons they have to keep it hidden. And, you know, whether it's fear of rejection or losing people or, or whatever, um, you should not be judgmental towards that. And, uh, Isaac McAdoo, you know, he's always been kind of like, a gr- like not as gruff as Roy, but you know, he's gruff, but he's also a nice guy. And, um, maybe not the most intelligent, but it was, it was wild because, you know, earlier on in the season, I was totally rooting. Well, not earlier on in the season. I might've been the same episode or a little before, but when this whole instance happens about uh, the celebrity nudes leaking and he Mm. goes around to the team and he's like, nah, you guys got to delete that stuff. And they have this whole big conversation on, um, you know, consent and what's appropriate and all of this stuff. And it's like, no, you shouldn't be saving any of that stuff. I'm like, right on man. Like good, good for him. Like that's, that's a great direction to take. And then the character totally turns around and it's like, he's super judgy on Colin in the next episode for, for not coming out to him and, and trusting him. And it's like, yeah, but that's not your decision to make. And you can't hold that against him. So I just, I did not like this, this turn for the character. And it, again, it was just, it felt like it was kind of out of nowhere. Cause everything before McAdoo seems like a stand-up guy, everything after seems like a stand-up guy, but it's like, Hey, let's have him do something uh, unexpected for an episode and, and, you know, uh, build some 
uh, manufactured tension between him and Colin. And it's like, yeah, but why it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for that character. So was not a fan of that move. Uh, and as thoughts a, on McAdoo with that? As as a big McAdoo supporter, I, I like he's probably mm-hmm. my one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, I I will agree that you know once he looked at Colin's phone and got mad and stormed off and didn't really talk to Colin. It, it's uh, I'm conflicted to say yes, I agree with his like I, I feel like he overreacted compared to you know he. he eh. He was, I, he I was guess, mean mugging him and giving him the cold shoulder right. and everything. And dude. I guess I and I look at it as, you know, they've been. It looks like they've been best friends like since season one. I mean, since season one, they they've always been like boys, and they're all like they they share everything with each other. And I guess he felt like Isaac couldn't be not that he couldn't be trusted, but as much as Isaac reacts, one of my favorite parts of the storyline is how they wrap it up when Isaac goes to see Colin at his house. And Colin even say, explains and says, "I he's like I never doubted you'd support me. I ninety nine percent believe like knew you'd support me, but the one percent scared him." And you can see you you know why like there's people out there that are, that are there that are afraid to come out for very obvious reasons because they feel like they're not going to support or they're not you know they people are gonna are are gonna disown them or just think think differently of them. And I. I I think once Isaac goes to the house, it uh, goes to Collins and he says, you know, you could have told me I like, what's so different about me? Like I'm your best friend. Why couldn't you tell me? I think that they could have wrapped that up that same episode and not made Isaac go on to be like, uh, to be uh, like, like you said, mean mugging him for a whole other episode. They could have, right. they could have wrapped that I up. I think right they away. even get in a scuffle too, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, on the field yeah, because Colin. Does, I think it's the next episode. They could have wrapped that up quick. They could have wrapped that up at the end of the episode or at some point because it, it, it makes no sense. I, it, the reason they did it is for a storyline and for dramatic purposes to add it and make it look like that uh, that Isaac is homophobic and isn't happy with Colin's choice. And it turns out that he did, he is very supportive, especially when he runs in the after the fan says something and he runs and beats him up. It 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 starts coming together and you're just like. They they could have wrapped this up the previous episode when he like at the end of it like he could have went to Colin like he could have been mad for half episode and then wrap it up, um, but they need drama on the show they need a storyline for an episode and a half. So I almost as much as I, I don't know, like <laughs> I was gonna say like it would almost make more sense just to have McAdoo be homophobic and that was the reason like it's uh, the the whole uh, yeah and i'm not saying i want to see that but like the whole argument on mcadoo's side which is i'm angry at you because you didn't trust me to reveal your secret like that holds zero water with me it's just such it's it's a non ex a, a non-existent strain of thought like you can't that's that guy's life it's his secret or or truth or whatever to keep and to reveal to people as he sees fit it's not anyone's place to judge and for McAdoo to use that as a reason to to be sore or cross with him it's like it's just such a weird angle to take it just doesn't it doesn't gel I don't know Harry what do you think about all this Oh, go ahead, Hans. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I agree that they uh, like if they would have made him homophobic and 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 his the rest of the season he had to accept 
his best friend's his lifestyle. That would have been right. more more than all right. Let's just let's just make Isaac. Let's just make look make it look like he's homophobic, but he's right. really not. He's just offended. So yeah, I think for me, I think this is it has that lasso moment at the end. Is as you guys and especially as Chris had mentioned yeah. when he goes to confront Isaac. I just think there could have been a lot done to maybe make that in the middle of the episode. Um, like, I don't think we need all the, you know, the death stares, the, the, uh, being ignoring him and the buildup of it. I, I don't think it helps in, uh, any way, um, with it. Um, because it just is like, you know, like not that I, again, jumping to conclusions, but it's like, again, this could have been something that was either built up over multiple episodes or maybe it leaks to, you know, somebody else. And then it gets to Isaac and then Isaac is, you know, doing this while others are maybe more accepting. Like, I guess I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to, you know, try and create a, a story for something I, I don't, you know, truly, um, you know, have any knowledge of, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a, non-gay person it's like you know i you know i don't i can only imagine you know what they go through i i I can't you know i haven't lived it um so i don't want to write storylines for it but at the same time it just it feels like you guys were saying like like we almost had that lasso build up but it was almost in the wrong way and you know then there's the i don't know if it's this episode or the one after before with ted and the we mentioned the denver broncos stuff um you know and kind of comparing that and then it just it doesn't feel and it, it feels kind of rushed to me. And again, I know I'm saying that again, but um, yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't work a hundred percent for me. Again, the, the closure on it is, is great. It's just the point to get there. It was a little bit like, man, you know, are we just doing this to like, you know, it almost, it almost felt like something, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And again, maybe, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier with some of the other stuff, it's, you know, to reach audiences who, you know, um, don't want to hear about this stuff, you know, don't want to hear about people's sexuality, but it's like, it's an important topic. Um, but it's just, I feel like they could have just went a slightly different way of going about it. Um, I don't think Isaac, Isaac needed to be a jerk for a whole episode and then, you know, explode or, you know, have him and Colin have this falling out and then have no one know why there's no Trent conversation pulling Ted aside. But I, I mean, I guess Trent would say like, it's not my business to, you know, explain, but maybe he could say, you might want to have a conversation with Isaac or you might want to have a conversation with right. Colin or just anybody on the team. So, or even um, Trent stepping in and having a convo with Isaac as well. I mean, yeah. you know, just, yeah. Or sitting I, him and him and Colin down to talk about it. You know what I mean? And, and maybe, you right. know, be a, a, sh- a shed of light. I, I do love the conversation that they have <laughs> at the end of that episode is where they're talking to, where they're playing FIFA and they ask uh, who Colin would go straight for. I forget what his answer was. But it was um, it was like someone. It was like Rita Hayworth in like 1965 or something, and Colin's like, uh, "My man," sh- and they ask him, "Yeah, who the who the oh, yeah, person yeah. on the team is?" And he's like, "I'm not gonna tell you." He's like, "Bummer catch." He's like, "How'd you know?" <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought I thought that was a, a great little back and forth. Um, it's but uh, th- with that point, it's so funny that like. There, I still think there's still like a little bit of homophobia with Isaac because he's not comfortable saying that. He, he even says to Colin, Colin says he's like, you know, I love you, and Isaac said, and uh, and Colin's like, I know you can't say it back, and Isaac's like, yeah, he can't. Like he doesn't feel still feel comfortable in the whole situation. So I feel like it wasn't completely resolved, but I don't know. 
Maybe it just needs a little more time. Uh, fellas, it is not gay to tell your friends you love them. Yeah, I love you guys. Harry, guys. Harry it's tells okay. me in the office whenever we leave, whenever I leave. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy uh, it. That's what we do I when love, we sign I love, off love every my boys. night. I love every my time boys. we finish one of these. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's a mess. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to move on here. Uh, Nate, this is just a little observation on my part, but the guy has more grays than me, and he's probably supposed to be a decade younger. Why is his nickname the Wonder Kid? He is not a child. Well, he, he didn't have those until. A, well, yeah. it was it wasn't Wonder yeah, Kid. It was Wonderkind. Yeah, right. Which means Wonder Kid. Same thing. Yeah, right. um, yeah. No, I look. I get it. I know the whole backstory on it. I'm just saying. I know. Can we change Wait. this guy's name? Like. He didn't even go an gray over a year. He started growing gray last season. He went gray over two weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. It's almost like he dyed it. Uh, that's probably um, what he did. Um, but in serious Nate news, <laughs> we find out he has quit his job at West Ham as the head coach. And uh, we just never get that scene. Seems like a weird storytelling choice. It's like, hey, let's flash forward and not miss a or and miss a total crucial turning point like how did that conversation go did nate just kind of meagerly go into rupert's office and say i don't think this is right for me i'm gonna quit or you know did he stand up and say hey i saw what you were doing in the bar that doesn't vibe with my principles i'm out on this like how well yeah you're right it probably didn't go like that but like it's just yeah we don't we don't even get a chance to see. It's just it's again a case of like, all right, we're speeding towards the end here and we gotta get that Nate redemption arc in. So like let's just have him quit off screen. And it's like, well, no, that's a pretty crucial moment. So let's show that. Yeah. I don't know. This was befuddling to me. And also it just kind of kicks off like there there's a mention of it and uh I'm like, did I fall asleep? Did I miss something? Like where I, I was befuddled. Uh, I don't know. What Do you guys have any takes on this? I, I would have liked to see it only. Uh, I, and my quick thought on this is I, I, as much as we complain that there's a lot of wasted time on the first half of this season, I, I, I feel like overall, like that scene wouldn't add much to the story of fact of like, if they put a scene in there, it would have been really cool to see, but the fact that when Nate still leaves and there's a couple of different things that happen off screen here that they, they, I don't know why the choice is made, but I think for Nate's development, it would have been really cool instead of making him a redeemable character. Like I would love to see him have a backbone for once and stand up for Rupert. I think that would have given him more of a, a character development. And then he goes back to Ted or whether or not, for whatever reason, if he asked for his job back, I mean, you know, Beard offers him the job back, but, and they had no problem bringing him back, but I think to give Nate more of a character development instead of him sleeping at his parents' house for like days and, and playing the violin, like give him, he's still, he's not a, he's not a strong character towards the end of the show. He's back where he started when the show started in season one. And he's just, it feels like he lacked like his confidence that he had that Ted built up is is, is lost and he's just back to being a kit man. And I, I don't, I don't know. 
I, I think that if if you see him show off Rupert and say like, nah, like I'm out, then that would have given him a huge character development. Even, even if he doesn't tell off Rupert, but he comes up and says, I appreciate the opportunity, but this is not for me. This, this is not me. Like that's showing him having that conversation and yet giving him a little more spine than what we see. It's just, right. it's such a big moment to skip out on. Well, maybe it's somewhere in, in deleted scenes that we'll never see. Yeah, I think there's definitely a moment that you could have shot with Nate, with West Ham stuff behind him, going off the way he did at Ted. And then the camera pans and it shows him talking to Jade and he says, how did that go? And of just like what he would have said, because that's like totally of Nate. Like you said, like, would we have seen this? I don't think so. Like, or there would have been a scene where like Nate's like writing a resignation letter and he's writing it over and over again. And he finally gets the perfect one, but he goes to the office and he like tries to put it under Rupert's door and like, he like can't do it. And like, he tries to leave, but like the door's locked and like, <laughs> Rupert it has a opens code, the like, door. <laughs> yeah. Or like something. And like, you know, it's just like What's one this? of those things of just like, would have been typical weak, you know, Nate in, in, in that element. So I definitely think there, there could have been more done with this, but because they don't, I don't think spend enough time with Nate and Rupert, you know, I don't think they need to spell things out because you get why Nate leaves, but then there's also the elements of like, then we play this thing with Rupert where like, he's possibly being accused of sexual assault that they kind of just, slip in and that like also could fall into like the thing we were talking about with like the headline grabbing stuff of like other yeah. things in real life and you know it's obvious that like Nate and Rupert just don't align you know idea wise and I think Nate was hoping for more of a of a Ted relationship with Rupert and that that would be common and it wasn't um, but I think sometimes you know Nate knows that hey you know Maybe going the as, as he thought, maybe going the Ted way isn't the exact right way all the time. So, um, I just, uh, yeah, I think there wasn't enough time spent for it, and I really hate the fact that I thought of this, you know, camera idea where he's filming it, talking the way he talked to Ted, but to Rupert, and then panning to Jade and having Jade be like, "That was great. Are you, you're going to say all that?" And he's like, "No, I can't. I think I'll just write my resignation tomorrow." <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah, cut into like the beginning of the show, you know. So, but whatever. Here we are. Um, well, that takes us through the first ten episodes. Did you guys have any additional stuff you wanted to talk about about these last few? But uh, before we get into eleven and twelve. No, I, I think, I, you know, as we jump into the finale, the, the episodes 11 and 12 were, I, I don't want to use the term filler, but I mean, they, they seem like they were. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm trying to think like a few things that like happened in, um, in the last few. I mean, you know, we start to see the Man City game is, is great. And that's what I, I actually, outside of Amsterdam, I think the Man City game episode was great because you get to see Jamie Tart's relationship with his mom, um, Roy Kent and uh, the relationship he wants to have with Jamie's mom. And, um, it's just, it's really funny how, uh, you get to see more into like Jamie's, Jamie's childhood. Um, and also the relationship that he feels like he has with his father, um, and how he still kind of cares for him, uh, even though he doesn't know where his dad's at. Cause the last time he saw his dad is when he punched him and, um, at Wembley. And I, I thought this was a huge 
arc for me, like with, with Jamie's character, because I was never a fan of him. Like I never rooted for him until the season where I was like, he's actually this Phil Dunster who plays him plays this character phenomenally and, and, and really made me care about him. And, you know, you get a little like the, the, the Man City game is, is phenomenal because they just, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zoro or Van Damme, whatever he's going by in this, <laughs> in this uh, episode. Uh, some, this is, this probably has the best soccer scenes in the show. And I feel like the most consistent because a lot of the shows only focus on maybe five minutes. If, if that with soccer, the other than the finale of seasons one and two, like this one, it, there's some really good, like really nice soccer action. And you, you get some really cool scenes. You got a nice moment between Ted and Jamie and you get to see, I, it's a very quick scene, but I love the scene with Jamie's father where I hated this guy in season two. You get to see his father who's, you know, in rehab at the time and gets to see his son. You think he's dead because one of the like characters you've never seen before, he's like, oh, his father would be proud. You're like, oh, Jamie's dad died. And then he's just, no, he's in like rehab. Um, but I thought I thought that was nice. And I thought the, the relationship between, and we're going to jump on this in the finale, Keely, Roy, and Jamie is so good. Is so good throughout like a lot of the season and the episodes that they have together. And, uh, you know, it, it starts to see like, Jamie still has feelings for Keely. Roy still has feelings for Keely. Keely, you don't know who she has feelings for, even though she sleeps with Roy one time, does she still have feelings for Jamie? It's kind of like back and forth. Um, but when they go to, when they go to Jamie's um, childhood home, I, I, I love it because it's like this little adventure that the three have together. And it leads into a finale that ruined all of that in a matter of two minutes. Um, but I, I, a lot of like, this is where the story for me, where like, you know, the relationship between um, Roy and Jamie really came to a head and, and, and peaked. And you get to see how like Roy even tells him that he's like how proud of him he is. And I, I just loved everything about this episode. And then the fit, I think, was the next week was the finale or was there an episode in between them? I think it was the next game. Yeah, when 11, was, so 11, this, 12. 11 was Man City. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, the Man City was probably my, my favorite behind <laughs> Amsterdam. It's like a kind of a close, like maybe a tie between them, but I, I, I loved everything about it. Cause I feel like they knew where the direction of the game, where, of where they were going. And I got me nervous. Cause I'm like, all right, I feel like I know where they're going. How are they going to close this out? So, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I didn't really have much else to touch on um, in regards to the 10 episodes. The only one I, the part I wanted to mention was Nate and his dad. I felt like there was a really uh, nice moment between him and his dad having a conversation they probably had either been putting off or avoiding. Um, again, would have liked to have seen a little bit more buildup this season towards that. Um or maybe some possibilities of having that conversation and then finally going at it. Um, it was a little short for me, but I really did enjoy that moment. Um, it's actually funny hands in regards to episode 11. I didn't care for this episode. I felt like introducing the moms was uh, something that just felt very out of left field. Um, didn't feel necessary to me at all. Um, if it did, I would have liked to have seen it earlier. Uh, maybe early in the season, the whole thing with Jamie and his dad, I get it probably is being held down until, you know, you're getting to this moment and, you know, he does kind of, you know, reveal himself that episode to be holding that in. Um, 
but it almost just feels like I don't see any of that throughout the whole season, in my opinion. Um, and then the whole thing with Ted and his mom just showing up as well, which is another focus of this episode, um, you know, lets us into a little insight of Ted, but feels short and undeserved to me. Um, and then that leads to the Nate and Beard conversation, which again feels manufactured and just thrown in there of like Nate wants to come back. When did when did that happen? When like like Greg said earlier about falling asleep on like when did he resign? I was like, when did he tell him he's coming back? Um, because at no point did I get the feel like I know there's the club mention it or a couple of the players mention it at some point. How would you feel? But even that feels out of left field. Like, where does that come from? Um, and like you said, there is the nice moment with Ted and Jamie in there and stuff like that. But I just, I don't know, Papa, I'll throw it to you just because I'm, I'm a little, oh, you want to go, go ahead. Hans. Really quick. I, I agree. Yeah. And I disagree with one of your points. Number one, I, I, with the team wanting to come back, wanting Nate to come back after the last time they played Nate, they almost tried to violently hurt West Ham uh, and, and yeah. played wild in their game. So I feel like them wanting, and a lot of the show is based on forgiveness and, yeah, Ted gives probably gave one of his speeches and and whatever. Um, so I agree when they went to the restaurant but, and got and and asked for him to come back. And I, he says I, no. Right, he does. But then, but then you know, I I think it's one of those things where like he probably realized that like they probably saw something in him or whatever that he did want to come back. Like he truly but my, considers yeah, but my whole own. point with that is is like at no point does he have any conversation with anyone on the team as Not far even as he says no and then the next time it's like oh yeah i do want to come back now like there's I, nothing I, in between yeah the only part i want to disagree with this and maybe at this probably it's more towards your point where it comes out of left field is the scene between beard and nate is mm-hmm. is fantastic it really is because yeah, you get it's, a it's great of no beard. argument yeah and i don't know if that's one of the things where i you're right. You don't know whether or not like there is no con- like discussion of if Nate had reached out to Ted and said like you know can I come back or or who who reached out to who or what or whatever. Yeah. But it seemed like I I, I thought that scene was great. Like did he like I, him I, on LinkedIn and he, they were like oh he's interested in coming back. Like, oh what oh <laughs> he's liking Richmond fate he's <laughs> his, liking Richmond his, tweets maybe he's he has, uh, interested. Started he has following that, us again. He has that ribbon around his name. It says looking for work. Yeah, um, or open to work. Um, so yeah, I, I the more we talk about it, I do agree, and and I, I don't. I feel I thought there was something where it shows that Nate wanted to come back, but again, I don't. There probably wasn't. But yeah. well, the episode hey, with him and Beer. I'm was glad great. you liked it. Yeah, no, the the moment they have together is a great summation of. Listen, you can do what you did to Ted, and you know it's not water under the bridge, but you know as as uh his as henry puts it he's like he's still on the team do you know what i mean when they're like talking about the lego figurines and and ted sees that in his son and he goes you know i i took it as damn ted do you want to accept him back but ted always knew that he would take him back yeah. it was just when yeah i think ted it was just like yeah you're you're yeah, right there's a yeah. lot of correlations between jamie and nate to me and the way they feel about ted it's just jamie comes around a lot sooner than nate does you know, Nate goes through more stages and, you know, he think it's almost like because of Nate's immaturity and weakness, he looks at Ted as a father figure, as a significant other, almost as a relationship. And it's like he makes Ted his world. And that's not what Ted is to Nate exactly. And that's what the the friction comes into place. But 
Papa, I'll throw it to you about this episode. Where do you where do you lie? Are you more team team hands or team Harry in regards to it? Or are you in the middle? Are you in, are you feeling both? Um, I mean, I, I get both of your points. I, you know, the the Jamie Tart stuff. I'm not going to touch too much on that. But um, Mama Lasso popping up two episodes from the end of the season and possibly the series. Just such a strange choice, dude. Again, it's like. Is this the time for this? Like, that should have been a while ago. Um, and, you know, like, even that that whole scene, I you know, I, I found it powerful. Um, and, yeah. you know, Ted kind of loses it on, on his mom. And uh, I'm sure it was very cathartic for him. But um, it almost felt like a different show. It's like, mm. where... Like, I guess there was subtle build up to it and stuff. We know Ted had a lot of issues with his dad, but the the issues with his mom, I I don't remember ever being brought up or maybe brought up minimally. It's not like there was harbored resentment that was communicated to us, the viewers, consistently to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, now he's going to get everything off his chest. It's just like, no, we finally get to meet her and you know, he had all these feelings and he's just going to let go. And it's like, where did, okay, I guess. Um, the just, only, just a strange choice. The only time he mentions his mom really, at, at least I can think of is when he's in therapy and he admits what happened. Like when he's talking to um, the doctor Dr. Sharon, Sharon about, yeah. about right. his dad. Um, I think that's, that's the only other time. The only that, that end scene as powerful it was as it was. And he's telling his mom, you know, certain words we're not going to use here but uh, right. i think it was only put in there to set up the conclusion of the show because she says that your son needs you and oh he man don't even get something. me started on that crap dude such a <laughs> freaking throw like all that all he says all that and she goes i'm here to just tell you like it's almost like obi-wan kenobi oh, yeah. we need your help it's like dude it's such yeah. a joke like what are we doing? Yeah, I got annoyed yeah. with that because that conversation was going in a whole different direction. And then she's like, "Your son, your son needs you or misses you or or whatever." And then he's like, "Yeah, I know." And then he kind of breaks down with that. But it, that <laughs> yeah, was let like, me do what I can to take the heat off me. <laughs> yeah, she was like, it, "It's funny because she was probably like, as like he's dropping f bombs and then like f you, f you, f you." She like has like the Uno card, like the draw four. And it's just like, I'm going to pull out the, your son needs you. And I think that was the only thing to set up because he is struggling throughout the season with, with him being a far, so far away from his son and his son comes and stays for like six weeks at a time. But the, like the, that scene was only in there to set up the fact that of his decision to leave Richmond and go back home to be with his son. That was it. Cause there was no other indication that rest of that season that he was ever going to leave Richmond. Richmond. Right. He could have just, yeah, there could have been some kind of thing that says like, I, I need to go home cause like my mom needs me home or, or yeah, Henry needs me home or whatever. Or, Hey, don't even need that. Just, I want to go home. That or that, right? Or, yeah, or that. Right. So I, I really got annoyed with that when she when she pulled that Uno card out, that plus four, that draw that four. Is such like, your son needs you, dude. and I'm like, don't fall for it, Ted. And then later that episode, or I don't know if it's later. Yeah, at the end of the episode, he's like, well, I got a truth bomb for you, and you find out yeah. he's leaving. Yeah. Uh. So Mama Lasso, no, no bueno. Um. So the other thing too, you know, we talked about Nate coming back to uh, AFC Richmond and it seems a little strange to me that he comes back as the assistant kit man. Um, assistant to like, the look, kit man. Office yes. Assistant to the kit man. This, the guy was just 
coaching one of the teams in the Premier League, another team, as as head coach, and he comes back as assistant to the kit man? Like, you're telling me they bring him on and they're not even going to, like, you know, hey, look, we can't give you a coaching job, but you're going to be right there next to us with us advising some special advisor role or something. It just it seems weird where it's like, yay, come aboard. Oh, by the way, you're starting at the very bottom. You know, it's I, just it's like, what is that? I looked at that as like sort of a punishment for what he did. And because it looks like at the end of the of, at the end of the season that it's really him, Roy and Beard that are running the show like he that he's going to be a coach. Um, that was my interpretation of it. I, I feel like they just brought him back as a, as more of a, a punishment. Like you have to be lower than what you were, <laughs> like lower than a kit man. You have to be an assistant kit man. And he, he it might have been that might have been a conversation that he might have wanted that he might not have wanted the responsibility of being Soccer, a coach. We didn't see that exactly. Why? Well, I, I just yeah. I mean, like, so why go through all of the? Do we accept Nate back into our lives? Yes, we're we're cool with him coming back to the club. Awesome, Kitman. Like, but there's no, there's zero power or responsibility. Well, I don't want to say responsibility, but it's just like, all right. So, what was the whole fuss about then? If you're just gonna make him a Kitman, yeah. it's not like he's got any any. Um, I, I don't even know. Not equity, but like. Just any any sway whatsoever where he could muck things up or or whatever, you know, you don't need a lot of trust in a kit man. So what was the whole point of this? I just I, I don't know. It was it, I get the whole like, oh, yeah, this is the punishment thing. But like, again, it just it doesn't make sense. I'm not saying he has to be a full on coach, but like to not have him standing in the sidelines and, you know, lasso going, hey, you know what? Like end of the game. Show me what you got, Wonder Kid. Give us some of that old razzle dazzle, you know, something like that. No, nah, he's just off to the side doing whatever. I looked at it as now that, the, like, I, like with a probationary period now that, and we all know Ted was leaving. That I mean, we didn't know who the new coach was going to be, but they kind of were like, "All right, once you're once the season's done, you're probably going to get promoted back up the coach, or maybe not. I don't know." Again, there's a yeah, conversation just, that, that that was had that we weren't filled in on. Yeah, there's like there's all these dots that we are forced to connect, but there's not like middle dots in between. So it's like, all right, well, I guess the line goes this way, but shouldn't it hit this other point first? It's just it's it's strange, man. I yeah. the choices made in some of these things are just befuddling. Um moving on from from that, Roy and Keeley, uh so you know, they they had shared a a night together. Um and we find out this is like a month later and that kind of threw me for a loop. I, you know, not, it's not necessarily a complaint, but it's just like how much time exactly has passed between when we saw that, like, it doesn't seem like it's a month and I get they're kind of compressing everything, but all the events that happen in between there, it, it seems weird that it's four weeks and not four days, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't, I, I, here's my quick hot take and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Mm-hmm. Keely, her character annoyed me through this whole show. Um, and I really, I, I just, that is a hot take. I, I, it's not that I didn't hate her, but like, I don't know. You just don't like I women. Feel the whole show it. or this season? I would, I would say like mainly this season. She just came off as annoying to me, but 
That being said, this season especially, and it's not her, it's not Juno Temple's fault. It's not, it's nothing to do with her performance. I just feel like the writers had no idea what to do with her after season two. After her and Roy broke up, they absolutely, their drawing board probably looked like a spider's web of trying to figure out what direction to put her character in. And, and I just, I, I, it just seemed like the decisions that they made just annoyed me for her. Now, it, it might not be the character's fault, but it's just like I got tired of Keeley very quickly in season three. It is weird because um, there's, there's definitely a great like female empowerment, like girl boss story to be told there, and I feel like they just didn't do that. They, yeah. they used her office as like a sitcom setting type thing. And just there wasn't there wasn't any complete story given to that. Um, and there, there really like, could have been. It seemed like she was incompetent to run the business. Like, yeah, I, like I, it just seemed like she didn't know what she was doing. And well, that's well, I don't know. Sure, there's there's some of that, but I I do get that. But like, okay, show us that she overcomes, and like right. you know, she yeah, maybe she starts off not super in the know or knowledgeable but like she's learning on the fly and picking things up and then by the end of the season we have a more competent and maybe not complete but like you know she's on the right track to being a great businesswoman but like we don't we don't get any of that stuff we get these stupid I don't feel divergent stories yeah. with Shandy and and Jack and it's like all of that was just kind of like smoke and mirrors to distract away from from that storyline where it's like her her growth into a um an empowered individual on her own it's just uh i don't know weird man all this stuff weird like so strange uh you know i'll save the royal and keely stuff for a little bit later um nate's apology to uh ted i thought was uh, well done. One of the few neat things I actually liked about this season. And a 65 um, page letter that I hope one day sees the light of day. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, such, that's such a thing Nate would do is write a 65 page apology yeah. letter. Oh, absolutely. You know what I would like to have seen? I would have liked to have seen any of those 65 pages uh, expressed on scene anywhere. Um, well, they released them on, ya- on, uh, on Yahoo. Jesus, what a what an aged <laughs> comment on uh, Twitter. Um, yeah, I, it's just, but it was like the first page or something. I, I do, I do agree with Greg. There's, and when talking about this last episode, there's a lot of emotional moments and there's a lot of things that are just, I don't want to call them manufactured tears, but there's a lot of things that are supposed to hit you in the feels that do. And my whole thing, and I know I talked about this on, you know, when I talk about, uh, when we talked about Obi-Wan with Anakin and Obi-Wan and just like their confrontation, I felt like I was wanting more. And it just felt like a huge, you know, we're going to get the, we're going to get the Nate and Ted moment. We're going to get the Nate and Ted moment. And, you know, Hey, maybe that's the way it is supposed to be. And I'm reading it wrong, but uh, I would have liked a little bit more uh, from that uh, emotionally. But I, I think that's fair. Like I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was really good, but I could, I, yeah, I think there's room to improve upon that also for sure. Go a little Happy bit we got deeper. it. Though. Yes. Um, didn't really touch on Rupert Mannion too much this season, but man, they, they made his wardrobe look 
as evil villain as possible. Dude, <laughs> dude, always rocking like a black turtleneck and slacks and a black duster. Like, He's what's going always on? Always up man? to no good. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, he couldn't be any more evil looking if he had a mustache that he was twirling. Yeah, um, it was just... missing and a top hat. He really yeah. does. I, I like it's. It's great in the first few episodes, like the first few seasons that he's in. Like even the first, like first season, he is not that intimidating. He just looks like a rich, a rich guy who owns a soccer club, and he, he just kind of. But they really, they really went out of their way to make this guy look like a real piece of work, a real baddie, a real baddie <laughs> in every sense um, of the word. Harry, you mentioned uh, emotional moments in the finale here. One of them for me was uh, at the end of that game when Colin finally got his kiss. Absolutely loved it. Loved to see it. Uh, happy that he was able to, you know, get over his trepidations and just go for it with his man. So um, really joyous moment. Kind of moving forward a little bit, we get to the end of the episode, uh, and we have Beard's <laughs> Beard's appendix <laughs> on the plane. Uh, I really, really dug this. I think it makes total sense for Beard to stay in uh, in uh, the Richmond Club and stay in London. Um, this felt like a very Beard move to do, <laughs> so I was happy that it was in character and. I was worried he was going to pull something illegal, um, and he yeah. didn't, uh, thankfully. But uh, but what he did was very sly, and you know we got the the wink and the nod out of it. So uh, it really came out of nowhere. That. It really does because you, yeah, like you said, is he what is he up to? And the th- right. like fake appendicitis and scream in that high squealing like like no, it just it really just happens, <laughs> and you really don't have and and Ted's reaction where they're go, like, do you want to go. With, he, He's like, you want to go with your friend? And he's like, nah, I'm good. Um, You get to find out Beard's real name, which is Willis, um, which was actually mentioned earlier at some point in a season because Ted actually says, what you talking about, Willis? From um, so, you know, I thought that was nuts. Yeah, I thought that was just another throw. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the I, fact didn't that pitch, name is, I didn't pick that, up on that either. I didn't either. I, I mean, you know how Ted is with his pop culture references. Yeah, but right. yeah, you find out that his name really is Willis. Uh, nice. Interesting, fun little thing. Uh, uh, that was it for me. I mean, I have some season overall thoughts on the season, but you know, as far as the last two episodes go, those are just kind of my random notes. Um, anything you guys want to talk about with the last two eps? Um. The uh, with the finale, you know, uh, uh, they didn't make a lot of out of out their choices um, with wrapping up storylines. Uh, the one thing uh, overall, just with the season, with with Rebecca's romance and her going to see the 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 psychic, I think a lot of focus was put onto that, and it really didn't matter. Um, because, yeah, and I thought that was important because maybe I like that left turn because it's like, all right, does she have? A, there's at one point you think she's gonna have a like end up with Sam. At one point, the internet was freaking out because they thought that Rebecca and Ted were going to end up together. I'm so glad that did not happen because that's one of the, in, in any other show, I feel like that would have happened where they would have ended up as the love interest for together and ended up together. There's a lot of hints in this finale for it. And yeah, I'm I was guessing they, for like half a second during that breakfast scene. Well, I was not like, even what? I know for like years they've been saying like, I oh, thought this I missed is the an end. episode. 
this is they they said like this is the end game and even like the scene at the airport the scene when they're in the stadium together there's a lot of um a lot of uh whatever i'm trying to what like misfires where you're like all right like like, am i supposed to think they're gonna get together i'm glad they didn't i love the relationship i didn't i never thought that i think it was just as much as like they're two people who needed each other and helped each other and right Um, and like you find out like for each other their lives like intersected on the same day. I not intersected with each other, but it's like the same day that she caught her father cheating on her mother was the same day that Ted's dad committed suicide. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool, like like how you know a, a grim cool, but like how their how their lives are are basically they're soulmates, but not in this in the sense of that most people use that throw that term around. Yeah, they're pain mates, um, pain mates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm glad that that didn't happen. This episode was very full of end. I, I consider it like Endgame, where there were a lot of callbacks and fan moments from previous episodes. And I do I hate that? No, I, I feel like. But like when Isaac taking the free kick and like Danny giving him the ball, which I did think was funny because Isaac they said he's never taken a penalty kick, and he literally kicks it so hard it goes through the net. But there were a lot of things where they just called back the previous episodes, and I don't like when they do that. I, just, I don't know why. Like, like Endgame was full that circle. final battle in Endgame was full of them, and it's just like it just you know even the final play that they ran was was something that they showed like in season one, yeah. I think. Um, but I don't know. I it just felt like a, a lot of callbacks to previous episodes, which whatever. Um, you know, you don't you find out that they didn't they didn't win the league. They didn't get the the win because um Man City beat who they beat, and then who we don't know beat? if they won. They they well actually we do. No, know you find out Man City who they beat. Yeah, they beat Liverpool, dude. It's such a freaking joke. It's so embarrassing. I was gonna wait until the end, but if you want to bring it up now, that's fine. It's such a joke that this show doesn't reference one of the greatest teams, and if not the greatest team, they have Pep Guardiola show up for an episode to say some dumb line that's so manufactured and so stupid, and they have no mentions of Liverpool in the table talking about anything Liverpool, talking about how much the storylines of a lot of Ted relate to Jurgen Klopp and how many things I could point to that are like almost indications of Liverpool. And then they just throw this line in there, finally, that Liverpool's in the show. And that, you know what? They lost to Man City, so they cost them the title. Such a joke. <laughs> I, that is all I hoped for. Yes. Yeah, I've been so waiting cool. to bring that up since we yeah. started. <laughs> that, joke. Rant, that rant was worth it. <laughs> they Listen, they mentioned that Man City needs to draw or lose in the beginning of the game. Then they mention a point where Man City goes up. Then they take this whole thing at the end, like they just won the championship. And then Arlo White goes and he goes, and now let's go to the Etihad to see if men. And listen, there was multiple stoppages. There was stoppages for the net. There was stoppages because Rupert comes onto the field. No one engages with that. Absolutely zero people. He literally pushes a manager and everybody goes, we'll just see how this plays out. You know, you know, so as I I know you're, you're the biggest soccer fan out of the three of us on here. Yeah. Do you have any issue with the amount of stoppage time (laughs) they put on that? 
How much? One I, minute? <laughs> yeah, such a stupid... Yeah, one minute. But also the fact that, like, apparently there was even more stoppage time in the Man City-Liverpool game other than a, a ball going through a net that they have to fix the net and review, a manager being shoved by the owner that apparently d- that didn't take any time. There's a full yeah. stoppage where I think they pull the players off the field for something. I don't know if it's related to the net or whatever. I think it's the net. They pulled up. They, but there it's was just like, like – it's like, dude, there's a guaranteed added probably 10 whatever minutes. And maybe they fix the net quickly. But it's like, and somehow the Liverpool City game went longer than that. What happened in that game? So it's just such, because they're all kicking off at the same time for the final day. That's what they do every single year. And there's no there's no references to that game other than City take the lead. And then they don't cue to it until the end. So when they're on the field doing all the celebrating, I'm going, did City lose? Did I miss that? Again, I'm doing this math of like, they don't talk about it. They must have lost. And then Arlo White comes in and goes, yeah, let's go to the Etihad. And it's like, oh, so they won. That's what you're telling me because there's no way like this ends with them with the championship. Such a stupid joke. I had to rewind when he's like, there's one minute of stoppage time. I'm like, didn't the net break? Dude, <laughs> listen, I'm, really sure, repairing. I'm sure they have ways to repair it quickly or like there's something, but it's so the Dude. amount of like literally Richmond went on a seven game losing streak and somehow they're challenging for the title on the final day of the season. Like, no way. They like, yeah. I don't even remember the records and like, I probably would have to do the math on the like how now. it would have worked, how it would have worked. But it's just such, it's such a disaster to me with some of that stuff. Great. You should cut the episode out with just Harry going on a full out rant. Not even to our closing <laughs> thoughts. Just Bro. And you know, do you know who's lost the title to City by like a point in like multiple seasons? Liverpool. Liverpool. And it's like, oh, let's just have Richmond do it. That's like, you know, taken again from real life of stuff. I just, it's such a joke. Sorry. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not upset about it. Wait, are I you like, are you a Liverpool yeah. fan? Yeah. Um, I, I like how I, die. I, I don't even know how to follow up on that. Um, so I'll just try. Uh, I love how Roy Kent's the new manager. I think that was, you know, fitting. So it's going to be Beard, uh, Nate, and and uh, Roy going to battle. Um, and and Rebecca meets her mystery man, which we still don't know his name. We get a nice uh, Fast and Furious style barbecue outside of one of their houses uh, at the end to see all the characters come together. And, and story and goes on, man. Yep. Um, and Ted's back home. So, dude. yeah. What's up with that? Is he back with his wife? Why does he show up at his wife's house? Is he uh, live there? Does he have a Brendan, room? Brendan Hunt had come out and said that it's, it was supposed to be left ambiguous. <laughs> now you can see the look on your face. Dumb. Oh, well, hold on. The other thing with <laughs> Doc, so Dr. Jacob's such a joke. He's sitting no, there he's doing all these stuff. He's, he's a he's dude, done. He's a jerk. Well, yeah, no, he does though. all those stereotypical things when he's watching. I better end up in a zero. Shut up, Dr. Jacob. Right. You're boring. Right. Nobody likes you. And it's just like <laughs> my whole thing with him is, is like, what was the deal there? Like, there's nothing likable about this guy. Yet Michelle's still with him. But like, it's supposed to be left ambiguous. I didn't get that. I got it as why is he showing up in a rental like in, from with a driver <laughs> dropping him off to his wife's house with luggage for what? Yeah. Where's Dr. Jacob? Do we just assume I think he's, he's gone now? I'm why is he Jacob, gone? I'm assuming I mean, Jacob's gone. That's why he's gone. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> Jacob's gone. Um, I, I, I just I was under the assumption that he was completely donezo and and you know didn't get that whatever. at all. Whatever. 
then now, nice but I'm assuming that they gets back together with Michelle, and now they need a marriage counselor because Doctor Jacob was not only sleeping with yeah that one worked of so clients. well the first time. <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of relationships, hands you alluded to it earlier, but Roy Keeley, Jamie Tart, um, that not thruple. I don't know. You know there. <laughs> This was such a weird thing to me. Hera, I mentioned to, this to you offline um, the other day when we were talking about this, but Roy had that really weird out-of-character moment like halfway through the season when uh, when Keeley's stuff leaks and then he confronts her in the parking lot and he's like, so who was the video for? And it was just yeah. like, really, dude? Like, you're showing all this great progress and, you know, we, we see that you've become a better person and then that weirdo comment is out of left field so i don't know that that was strange but then even more strange i think was the choice in the finale to basically have all of the great work well not all of it but most of it that they've done building up roy and jamie's relationship devolve into a barroom brawl and not only do that but then say okay you have to choose one of us and it's like all of that character progression just gone. Not not so much between Roy and Jamie themselves, because I feel like they just, you know, they butted heads, but they came to an understanding. But the fact that it's like both of these people seem to have grown as individuals and then they're just going right up to Keely like she's some piece of meat and she's gonna have to choose one of them and it's like well that's very antithetical to all the growth that you guys have had as individuals dumb dumb choice so yeah uh and really quick on that note i honestly thought when they decided they knew how to figure it out i thought this was gonna go chasing amy style and um i thought they were gonna like you know try and convince keely to do a threesome i'm not i'm not even i'm not even thruple whatever i'm not even joking <laughs> i thought this it was going to turn into like some weird stuff um and it didn't thank god uh but i still don't like how it ended i i think roy roy's one of is probably my favorite character on the show and it just yeah the one scene you mentioned with the whole out of place middle of the season and this he even says later in this episode before the game before the west end game he wants to be a better person i'm like all right well you just you and jamie's gotten a fight over someone over a girl and then told her to pick and like totally negated everything that you're working for. So I guess maybe that takes into account why he admitted he needs help and, you know, finds out he goes to therapy with Dr. Sharon, who's now officially employed by the club, which is great. But uh, there was a lot of character development that was just undone in that off screen fight. So yeah, my, that was, yeah. Aaron, any thoughts about them? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad uh, it's kind of left up in the air. It doesn't feel like any of them are ready for a serious relationship with each other. I mean, based off of the fact of what you guys just talked about with you know Roy and um, Roy and Jamie's fight. Uh, so it kind of just becomes like for me, um, they still need to work on themselves. And you know, they both agree at the end of that that hey, probably wasn't the best move to go this way. We're idiots, right? Um, and you know, as you guys mentioned, Dr. Sharon is meeting with Roy and, you know, it's, it's a, I think in, in life with a lot of things, it's a continued process, you know, whether it be 
um, you know, learning to, you know, read more or play, you know, less video games or, you know, dieting and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you have good days and you have bad days and sometimes you make good decisions and bad decisions. So, um, I think it's all just a part of the growth. It's just, I feel like I'm adding a lot to this instead of them adding a lot to it in the show and just kind of having this moment of the rom-com. You have to pick one of us. Pick one of us, Keely. Which one will it be? And then she ends up, you know, picking one of them in, you know, the, you know, old way of movies. Uh, but right. uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, hey, they both they both need to continue to grow and continue to be better uh, for that person that they end up being with if they that's what they decide to do. So, I I mean, I absolutely agree with you about life being a continual process, and you know, there being setbacks and and everything like that, and growth is a continual process. Very valid point. My problem is this is not life. This is a finite story. So as a story, I would like a conclusive ending. Well, probably not. Definitely. Probably. So even, yeah, that's true. Even if Keely doesn't end up with anybody, that's fine. But, my my point is I would have liked for this to have gone out on a high note with uh with Roy and um Jamie not devolving back into yeah. cavemen. Yeah. And it's I didn't like, I didn't say it, just, it but it I, I does a lot yeah. of the goodwill, you know? I agree. I don't disagree. You you're not wrong about that for sure. Um all right. Well, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts before we dive into just like final thoughts overall? Nah. No, okay. I think I think we hit uh, on everything with the season. No, trying, I went on no, my I'm rant. Not, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of like uh oh, just uh, one quick thought. Uh, I'm glad we got Sam Richardson back as Edwin Afugo, even though he didn't have as much nah. crazy stuff to do again. Nah. Uh, the the scene in Sam's restaurant done. was fantastic. One yeah, where he keeps... one and done. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I agree. He's a funny character. You know, would spend four episodes with him, but. I like the fact that it was almost one and done last time. And that's the way it should have been. Um, I gotta say, you know, in terms of relationships and there are a lot of relationships, um, in, in the, uh, show, um, and I'm not just, I'm not just talking about like, uh, uh, romantic relationships, but also platonic ones, friendships, the best kind of ships. Um, Mm. I think that the two best are Rebecca and Keely and Ted and Beard. I think in both of those scenarios or, or in both of those friendships, they're probably the healthiest and maybe even the most entertaining to watch. Um, there's not a scene that Rebecca and Keely share where they're not being Annoying. supportive of each other and, and um, just really what? Chris said annoying. I'm just kidding. No, no, not annoying at all. Um, They're very supportive of each other. And I really like that, that, you know, I I think it started out maybe in previous seasons as like a, a mentor mentee type thing. And it just has grown into basically like almost, if not best friends. Um, And they just kind of lean on each other and, and talk through issues while still, you know, having fun. So absolutely love to see that. And then Ted and Beard, just um, I love that they have their own, you know, shorthand and inner talk and uh, amongst themselves. And 
you know, again, they lean on each other and Beard is there to always back him up. You know, that that great Beard backstory that we got and why he's so loyal to Ted. And, you know, even the Amsterdam episode where like, hey, he knows Ted's struggling. He needs to do something to unwind and, you know, open up his mind. And he tries to help him with that. It <laughs> doesn't quite work out as planned, but uh, it does. Ted and it, does, it, yeah. and it doesn't in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I very just absolutely love those two friendships uh were those highlights for you guys or do you have any other candidates you would you would throw up there no i, I talked about Roy and jamie that's probably my favorite relationship this season but uh, I, what well, i'm gonna throw out the, the ted and beard one uh just before we wrap up are you guys uh concerned or, or bothered at the fact that ted was not at beard's wedding at stonehenge uh, uh... I wouldn't say concerned. Would you, it was would, it was like a little questionable, but at the same time, it's like I, no. I mean, he's he's dedicated to spending time with his kid. You know, a yeah, lot of people also, were like, "That's the relationship that they have." Where it's like, "All right, Beard probably's yeah. like Beard's Ted probably a wild said, card. nah. But Ted yeah. probably said something like, "Nah, go ahead. I, I'm not gonna be able to fly out." And 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 Beard's kind of like, "All right." Whatever. They probably had a, a preseason tour out there, and Beard said, "This is the time." Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah, at yeah, that yeah. either. And all yeah. those people are rich enough to go buy a suit and just not have to worry about it. Um, uh, quick, quick question about that. Actually, did um, the dude that was in the the I I don't know if it was the final shot, but like the big ball dude was that the dude from the second episode season where Beard was on the run? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's so what that, I thought. The one with sure. whatever the beard after dark episode. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, after, yeah. Yeah. That was him. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say for me the only other rich relationship or kinship or friendship was we talked about it would be Rebecca and Ted. Um, in regards mm, to that, but yeah, good shout good. by hands for Jamie and uh, Roy for sure. Yeah. Uh. So I mean, overall with this season, uh, I gotta say it. I was let down a bit. Um, I mean, there were some good moments here and there, but I am glad at least the way it looks now that we're ending things here. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the show, but it was a huge step back for me in terms of storylines and, and content. And uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I think if I had to rank the seasons, this would definitely be at the bottom for me. For um, sure. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I as as we were talking through, I, I definitely season two is my favorite of of all of them. So we go season two, season one, and then season three. But I feel like season three has a lot more individual moments than season one has, at least enjoyable moments. But I think from a storytelling aspect, and it, season one by far. Um, but I, 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 you know, a lot of uh, uh, lasso speeches, like the, the belief speech after the sign falls down and the speech that it, like after they're putting the, the sign back together, the team, like they it turned out, it find out they all took a piece of the sign. Like those little moments, I think there were more in season three that, that I enjoyed more. But if we're going, the first half of the season is a mess. It really is. It, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense of why it was in here and could have been used somewhere else. So that's, I, I go two, one and three. Hair. Hair. Yeah. I mean, I think this is uh, agreed worst season. I think it's a tier. I think it's one and two and then uh, a, a big step down to three. Um, I felt like I was watching this show in hopes that it would get better. 
um, or that, you know, maybe I was misreading. Um, I'm glad to hear my thoughts are justified here. Um, I think the show just had to focus on too many characters, uh, too many needless characters, uh, stretch themselves a little too thin, especially in a final season. And, uh, you know, um, I'll ask you guys, what do you think? Uh, would you guys watch uh, Richmond FC, uh, you know, uh, following in the lasso way, but I guess without Jason Sudeikis? There, there's definitely going to be a, a spinoff. They Apple, Apple just didn't come out and confirm it. But with the and Greg, I don't know if you saw it. I know how you did. There's a picture that Apple or, or someone put out that says it's the picture of Beard, Nate, and Roy looking up at the believe sign, and it just says "smells like potential," and it was released like a week after the finale. Yeah, um, did not see that. There's a lot of a lot of wording, a lot of rumors going around because of what Lasso put in. Trent's book where he said it was never about me it, it, it's not about me it never was so a lot of people are saying that the title is going to change it's not going to be called that lasso whether it's AFC Richmond or or something um I would watch it <laughs> I, I yeah I would um how it's how it's going to address is it, are they going to focus on the women's league that apparently is going to start like Richmond's going to get a women's team are, are like do we focus on the the main characters like I would love to see these characters back I, Ted Lasso brought the charm to it, so it's going to be a real challenge. I don't want to see Grumpy Roy Kent for a, a whole eight, ten episodes. As much as I love him, I, like I, hopefully he comes back and he's a little bit more of a different character. But Harry, your point, money talks, and they if if there's potential to do it, they're going to do it. Now, could they open the door for Ted coming back? Yeah. But the, I think they're going to move forward, and they realize that they have, they still they, they're going to milk this for. I mean, we got six Hobbit movies or six Lord of the Rings movies that we talked about recently, and three of them was one book mil- milked in the three three hour movies. Um, why is Apple any different? They'll they'll milk this as much as they can, and I'll watch it because I'm a sucker like that. Just out of curiosity, did did Sudeikis ever say? why he wanted to wrap it up here at least as far as he his character goes was he just over it or the plan accord and i don't think he ever came out and said it the plan brett goldstein came out and said the plan was always to be three seasons it was the to do not a definitive ending but it ended at three and then go on from there so if they ended that show if they ended the show now Everything is as it is. Everyone's happy and, and in their places. But they left it open for potential spinoffs. There's only – you can't do multiple spinoffs of the show. There's one spinoff, and that's of Roy Kent, Beard, and Nate running the club. There's no oh, – I like, think there's multiple spinoffs you can do. Dude, what do you want to watch? half a season with Keeley. Do you, like, you I don't want to watch a Keeley PR firm show. The, the, spin-off, the spin-off is the female team because you can't juggle yeah, the female true. and male team in one show. That's too many characters. That's they spent true. half I the season so. with Keeley and what was the uh, the woman's name who's Barbara? the secretary? Barbara. Like have her, Keeley, and have you know uh, Hannah Wan- Wanningham, Rebecca, just like be involved <laughs> in multiple episodes. And have, you cast a women's team that you know they can focus around. All right, we'll see. Um, I, I, that's possible. I mean, they might. I mean, even Nate could probably run the women's team and be the coach of the women's team or something. I there is going to be potential, like whether or not they they follow through and they keep it as like the men's team. I don't know. And there's, I, I I give it another year. I mean, especially with the writer strike before they even announce that. 
I uh, I would be very hesitant to watch a sequel only because of how much of a downgrade this was com- uh, compared to the previous seasons. And I'll be honest, like Jason Sudeikis is magic. You know, there's there's one character where, yeah, he he might have had a few misfires this season in terms of like out of, out of character moments, whether he wrote that or somebody else, I don't know. But like, um he was the crux of the show for me. And as much as a lot of these other supporting cast members are fun to watch, um, I don't think anybody has that positivity that just almost unending positivity to, to balance everything out where it's like, yeah, you know, things are down, but we have to try, you know, keep going, believe like that. I loved that about this, and I don't see anybody carrying that ball to the way that he did. Like, Nate, I guess, could be the closest person, but Nate's a different character. He's not Ted Lasso. So, I don't know. Um, I I would have to see promo material and, and make that judgment call. But, for the record, I will say I was very wrong about House of the Dragon. I um I was very... Um, hesitant about that coming off of Game of Thrones, and I ended up loving House of the Dragon. So, it, I, it could it be good? Sure, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel know like if I'll watch. dedicating as much time as I did to Ted Lasso for three seasons. I, I feel like I'd at least uh, I I owe it to myself to watch it the first few episodes and see if I like it and see where it goes from there. Uh, it it's it's almost at, at this point it's almost going to be. I don't see it not happening. Um, I don't. I see. I think it's going to be two, three years away, but we'll see. Um, Aaron, and I also need you? that. You... I also need that Richmond Way book um, as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, excited luck. for the uh, lasso gravy train to keep rolling. <laughs> um, I think I align a lot with you, Greg. Uh, the only thing I would say that's different with House of the Dragon is that you're telling a different story in that universe with completely different characters. Um, True. Where this would True. be. Like there's there's something about it where it's like it's easy comfort food. You're slipping into a universe you know with characters that you've liked. You know how's it going to go? And I think this season tried to maybe establish some of those characters. Like I there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely the element of like what uh, Jason Sudeikis and Breck uh, Goldstein and what the writers wanted to do with the show. And there's definitely the element of what Apple wants the show to do. Do you know what Apple like? What else are you guys watching on Apple besides this? I'm starting the silo. Cool. Uh, I watch Shrinking, and I'm I am gonna watch uh, Platonic eventually. Okay. Uh, platonic, so. yeah, but Silo, no. platonic, but, but not a lot. Shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we watch stuff. That's on three Apple, shows too. out of probably Actually, dozens. In terms yeah. of quality, Apple is like is hasn't had a miss for me. Yeah, well, they'll become the new Netflix pretty quickly. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> But like the fact, like, do you think do you think Apple wants the show to end? Probably no. not. No. So there was probably just like in the second season, there's two episodes: the Christmas episode and the beard episode that Apple specifically wanted them to have twelve episodes and not ten. So they specifically had to write those episodes to fill in for Apple. So you know what Apple would probably had notes on? Hey, let's build up the characters of Keeley. 
Let's, you know, maybe build, like, have the character Rebecca, like, with a future of something. Let's, you know, bring Nate back in. Like, I'm not saying that they took all these notes and, you know, or whatever, but I'm sure there's an element of Apple where they're like, hey, we would like to maybe do a spinoff. That's why they sent that tweet out. Like, hey, we would like to do that. Do you know why? Because they don't want to say goodbye to the show. But my problem is, is this season was just so disappointing to me that like again it would be easy to slip back into that comfort of like a new richmond you know episode or whatever but it's just you know i feel like i've been hurt and you know we'll say i you know never say never but so yeah the guy, i, I the, mean but it, it's not richmond without lasso you know so i think they'd be all right it's the lasso way it was never about him come on you saw the end i i have a ton of faith in bill lawrence who is a producer on this i think he created ted lasso he created shrinking scrubs like if he's involved with a spinoff, then I'll mm. I'll I'll follow him to the end. Um, there's mm. a like shrinking. Uh, you know, I've talked about it on the show. It's probably my favorite new show of this year. Going into you know, I, I'm hoping it cleans up at Emmy Award season. And Scrubs is a classic. Um, but if he's involved in a spinoff for this, yeah, I'm in. Uh, that's going to be the the big thing for me. So weird. All right. Well. I think oh. that about does it for Lasso. Oh, go ahead. Also, really quick, I, and I noticed, I, I, I know, a couple things. Uh, if you guys are fans of Cheers, there's a ton of references of Cheers in the show. Don't um, care. Okay, great. Uh, all right. Well, that was a great show, everyone. I'll talk to you next next episode. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't care about Cheers. You can feel free to share. I yeah, just, that's uh, okay. That's fine. Just follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll tweet them all. Oh, nice. All the Cheers references. I'll I'll throw you some likes for him, but I I can care. I don't care about Cheers at all. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind. I'll I'll keep my thoughts. That's fine. I said I don't care about Cheers. Everyone said I didn't care about your thoughts. No, that's fine. Everyone who's listening, if you if you just please reach Uh, out to me separately if you want to know all the Cheers references I picked up in the show. Spoiler: There's two. At Phila TTP for all at your Phila TTP cheers me if you would like if you would like a a, a Cheers reference a day for thirty four episodes days. and he says there's two references no there's there's a lot <laughs> uh, there is a lot in there um uh, okay yeah I'm not I'm not gonna elaborate anymore you just I don't really care anymore uh, all right yeah let's let's leave killed the my love in the air I, um took it the wrong all right way. well thank you so much for joining us for our massive ted lasso wrap up uh i guess who knows what the future holds maybe we'll see you back in a couple years for a a richmond afc wrap up who knows but in the meantime uh this has been it and we love you guys stay safe we'll catch you in a couple weeks and as always make sure you live spicy spicy